Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast, a special Monday edition. You know what Mondays are over here. Great Deception Podcast has uh, the Monday Night Master Debaters every single week, and he's kind enough over there to allow me to participate every single week. So this week, he uh, just brought another banger to you guys. Um, I should say actually last week, he brought another banger to you guys because you can hear all these episodes that I do a week before over there on his feed. I just like to add a little bit of stuff up front here. And this week, we are talking about an ancient Greek supercomputer. Uh, just, you know, kind of running through it really quickly. I wanted to kind of get some uh, thought going on this. Um, it's called the Antikythera Mechanism. And I wanted to get some thought going on that. And I also wanted to sort of learn a little bit more about this Kardashev scale, which is involved um, with this computer and with this kind of technology, technology that's light years ahead of its time. Um, is our history cyclical? A lot more people are starting to kind of question that. We've been told that it's all linear, right? That people back in the ancient times had far, far superior technology to what we have today. And it's interesting because, you know, people like Matt from this show, this great deception show that he runs, question that a lot right like they he people like him in my opinion prove that history is in fact cyclical and it's interesting because we hear the elite of today talking about a great reset what does that mean are we talking like a cataclysm are we strictly talking about like a social adjustment or i mean is this everything is there something coming um, dating back to, you know, a couple episodes ago when I was talking about the Lucifer, the Lucifer One telescope that the Vatican fucking owns here in Arizona, um, they say that they're tracking something that's coming coming towards the Earth. Now, whether that's total bullshit fear porn stuff, it'd be hard-pressed for, for you to convince me of that because this isn't like page one news that they're doing this stuff. This is kind of done in the shadows. And... Um, you know, I just find it interesting that there is increasingly more and more proofs that society of old was far more advanced than we thought. I mean, when you look up when a computer was invented, it was, I mean, what, I have it, have it written down here, actually. Um, you'll probably get the Z1 from Conrad Zeus, or Zeusy, Z-U-S-E. 1938 was when the Z1 was, uh, was created, and this is a, the first binary computer the word computer was brought up in 1613 in a book from Richard Braithwaite. Um, the Young Man's Gleanings is what this book was called. And and the term back then in the 1600s was a person that would like compute, that would like crunch numbers, uh, perform calculations, computations, things like that. 
the the idea of a computer the way that we know it today was not even entertained in the 1600s but in bc times 2000 fucking years ago it was which is interesting over 2000 years ago i've got some dates that i'll throw at you about when this uh computer was supposed to have been created um, but yeah, like I said, we'll get into that. We'll get into this Kardashev scale, which is basically kind of like the measuring of a civilization's technological advancement. Um, we'll get into that and, and what, like how a, a potential reset in society could be influenced by this Kardashev scale. But first I do want to mention the people that were in the actual episode here, right? The, the episode that Matt put together at the great deception, um, check out these Monday Night Master Debater shows over on his feed if you haven't. We talk about a lot of current events usually. Um, there's never any agenda. It's always just a really well done show. He's really good at connecting like minds and putting certain people together that will just get a great conversation going. There's rarely any kind of dead air, even though there's multiple people talking. And it's just awesome. One of the people on this episode is somebody that you have heard on my show for sure. Hopefully you've checked out his show. The White Rabbit Podcast, Catalyst Jones, a good guy. Um, you know, we we talk pretty often uh, through DMs, and he's like I said, been on the show a couple times. And then another guy that he had on uh, does not have a podcast, from what I understand, but he's got a dope Instagram page, quite a few followers on there. Um, pretty interesting platform. I enjoy it. We follow each other now, thanks to Matt uh, CP underscore Cinema, and it's um, class personified. It's not the other thing. It's class personified. So think of CP underscore cinema. Check his work out. Cool dude. Uh, had some hot takes in this episode too. I appreciate that always. But uh, And then of course there's Matt. I can't forget Matt. You guys can't forget Matt. You don't forget Matt. Okay? It's a great deception podcast. You know it already. Check it out for sure though if you have not. Now, what I wanted to get into here briefly before we roll this episode is this computer. Okay? Um... Man, is it interesting to think that there was some technology like this back in the freaking BC times. Again, the Antikythera mechanism is what it's known as today. Um, if you want to look it up, I'll have the description in the show notes. Anti and then K-Y-T-H-E-R-A mechanism. Um, basically, what it seems like is a computer that would track certain time frames. Um, there's a lot of gears, a lot of wheels involved with this. It was actually 30 bronze gear wheels that were sealed in a case about the size of a shoebox, according to, you know, if you want to trust these people, there is a Yale graduate, possibly a Freemason, a bonesman, um, that, that is kind of really behind the recreation of this, this, um, anti-Kythera mechanism, um, size of a shoebox sealed in a case with a collection of metallic dials. And so when you have a wheel like that, especially in ancient times, you got to think calendar, right? Um, they're, they're tracking the lunar cycles. They're tracking every four years for their, their prized Olympics back then, right? Um, they're, they're, they're tracking all kinds of different time frames. There's clear references to the Zodiac in this thing. There's clear references to uh, the months, there's there's references to a lot of different frames of time here, and I just found that in, incredibly interesting. And when I when I was reading about this on a site that kind of feeds my more uh, you know fringy ideas like the paranormal stuff, um, you know stuff that is is fifty fifty shot of being real. 
the site called Anam Alien is really cool. Um, I'll, I'll post a link to this specific article about it's, it's titled "The Ancient Supercomputer: Two Thousand Year Old Antikythera Mechanism." Really short articles, really digestible stuff, but it talks about just the craziest. As I'm scrolling through it here, they got they got the garbage pail advertisement here. My computer knows me so well. Um, distracting me in the middle of an episode here. Uh, yes. So yeah, I'm just looking at these. Some of these look nice. I've, I've got the series four and the series five. I don't have the series three, but you don't care about that. Right. Um, interesting stuff. Actually, a lot of the, the, this is where I became, um, introduced to the, uh, concept of this BC supercomputer. And before I even get into exactly what it is, I'm going to go through kind of like what the dials said and, and all this shit that, that it supposedly says and, and was used for. I, it makes you wonder, man, like, were they on the on the verge before that society fell? Were they on the verge of kind of what we're doing today, right? And this will become a little more clear when I'm reading through what the uh, Kardashev scale is, right? Uh, Kardashev scale, for those that don't know, it's kind of like measuring the level of a society's advancement through their technological uh, achievements, right? The amount of resources that a society is able to to use or the amount of energy that a, that a society is able to harness, right? There's three levels to it. Like I said, we'll get into it and that'll become a little more clear because I feel like we're kind of on the edge of some of this stuff. We're introducing bigger and bigger supercomputers. Technology is more and more becoming something of a negative rather than a positive. I mean, technology should be used in a positive way. Internet is such a powerful tool but it's also such a, a damaging thing to society. I mean, if just look at TikTok. Spend five seconds on TikTok. You'll see what I'm talking about here. Um, but yeah, let's get into... What did I have? I had a few things here. Um, I mentioned that... Okay, so when this thing was created, it, it's kind of disagreed upon by people that are very familiar with it. It's believed to have been designed and constructed by Greek scientists in 87 BC. A computer created in 87 BC. Now, don't don't confuse me here. This is not a digital computer. This is an analog computer, meaning it's like a mechanism-ran thing, kind of like a watch, right? Like uh, you'll have your gear watches that are, you know, wind-up watches or whatever. They say this thing was hand-cranked. I find that hard to believe. I think that it was probably like a wind-up thing because that would mean you'd have to have someone cranking this constantly, right, at the same speed because it's accurately timing several different time scales. So you can't, this is not, I guess it's possible with slaves and whatnot, but I don't see this happening. It seems to be a wind-up thing. I don't think all the information that's out there is 100% accurate, and how could it be, right? I mean, how could it be if it's, from 87 BC. Um, other ideas say between 150 and 100 BC or 205 BC, but they know that it was constructed before the shipwreck that it was found on. Again, and actually, I don't know if I mentioned this right now, um, kind of all over the place with my notes, but this this thing was named after Antikythera Island, which is an island of Greece. And it's still there today. I thought this was an ancient island that's been since renamed, but it's not. It's it's still around. They, uh, I guess, did their carbon dating, believe that or not, whatever. That's not part of the discussion here. 
the the ship had wrecked around 70 to 60 BC is what they say. Um, they found this thing at the bottom of the ocean. It's just incredibly interesting. Um, it, this is like movie shit, right? It doesn't it doesn't seem at all possible if you're a mainstream follower of history. It's just crazy. And then, you know, you, you might tell somebody that's very skeptical that there was a supercomputer back in, you know, the BC times. And they'd be like, what the hell? Are you serious? Like, no way, blah, blah, blah. But then you'll tell them it's an analog and they'll be like, oh, well, yeah, that's not a computer, right? I, I completely disagree. This is insane. The stuff that this thing was able to do with such accuracy. Um, as important as the actual date of creation is to this thing. It really is just kind of mind-blowing that there was technology around like this in these times. Machines with similar complexity like this just did not appear again until like the astronomical clocks of Richard of Wallingford and Giovanni de Donde in the 14th century. Okay, so the 14th century AD is when similar shit like this pops up. It makes you think that there had to have been some sort of reset. History does not seem to be linear. I'm getting more and more on that boat. Um, I, I I think it's safe to say that the elite of the time always have higher technology and access to things that we just don't as a society. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're in ancient Greece, ancient Rome, present-day United States, present-day Africa. There are governments and there are, are societies of this world that have always had higher and, and you know futuristic technology it makes you wonder what's around today for sure, right? It makes you ask all kinds of questions. But let's get into the exact uh, kind of stuff about this clock here. Again, I wanted to keep this short, but um, on Wikipedia here, it says it's an ancient Greek hand-powered array, orrery, sorry, uh, described as the oldest example of an analog computer used to predict astronomical positions and eclipses decades in advance. It could also be used to track the four-year cycle of athletic games, which are similar similar to the Olympiad, the cycle of the ancient Olympic games. Interesting, right? So obviously very obsessed with time. Uh, we hear that this is because of um, crop seasons and all this stuff. I, I think that that's possible, but I also think that it has a lot to do with rituals uh, pagan holidays, right? Which our holidays are pagan here in the U.S. too. I'm not saying like Christian holidays aren't based off pagan holidays. So don't start that shit with me. But it, it's interesting. What is the what is so important about time? Is it to create a pressure on a society? Like you only have so much time to get, you know, your goals done. Everyone is obsessed with time. And it seems to be just something that's completely man-made, Obviously, we have a certain amount of time here on Earth, but what's the obsession with time? It seems like one of the first things that our forefathers and our uh, ancestors and all these people of old, old, old societies were obsessed with. They were they were just completely absorbed with what's going on, what time of year is it, all this stuff. It, it, it's and maybe that's kind of uh, misleading. But I, it's, and we see it over and over again. And apparently this first computer here was uh, for that, that purpose. Man, I'm looking at a, a recreation of it. It looks incredible. Um, there's the hand dial on one side. Again, I think this is a wind-up thing. I do not think this was, was a hand, uh, 
hand cranked thing constantly. It's just it, to me it seems impossible. But uh, you have the months measured here. I'm gonna actually go through what some of these wheels were, and then I'll go through what some of the stuff said. Uh, the wheels. Let's see. You've got looks like two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve wheels. Uh, fourteen different gauges or so. Um, the first one measuring a year, which we all know what that is. The second one measuring the moon's orbit. The third measuring the lunar phase. Okay, so this was um, what do they call it? Synodic, synodic month. Um, basically the moon's phases, right? Full moon, new moon, all that shit. Uh, metonic pointer, which a metonic pointer. Um, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly, this is to help calculate, um eclipses it says about five spirals around the dial would be 1387 days that's got to be for some sort of eclipse right as well as like the uh calypic pointer which was 27,758 days the lunar orbit precision which was 8.85 years the sorrow cycle uh four turns of the sorrow's wheel would mean 1646 days um, and then the, oh boy, the Exiligmos uh, pointer would be 19,755.8 days. So very specific, not rounded off days, not even amounts of time uh, by any means. And I, I can't forget before I move on, um, they did have the games dial pointer, which was every four years for the Olympics, right? Um, but you, you never, with with the exception of the four-year one, with the tropical year, with the month, all these things, you don't really have any specific time. You get a lot of point eights. So the only thing I can think of is that this would all be for um, tracking eclipses, which again, these are ritualistic. It's not that important to know when an eclipse is coming. You wouldn't think, right? If people weren't afraid of religion and things like this, especially in the days of old, you're not going to fucking care if an eclipse comes, right? It'll get dark in the middle of the day for a second. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Maybe you're a little scared for like, you know, 30 minutes. And then it's back to business as usual, right? Uh, hunting and gathering. But I don't know. It, it seems like there had to have been some ritualistic components to this. If you ever seen that Mel Gibson movie, I forget the damn name. Um, I feel so stupid every time I bring something up and just don't remember it the elite of that society, it's an old like Aztec or Mayan society, they are using their knowledge of the eclipse to perform a ritual and to scare the people into following them because they're about to cut some dude's head off because the moon is covering the sun and then the the moon, they, they sacrificed enough people and then the moon goes away from the sun and they're like, oh, we did it. Like, you know, all, then the people are worshiping the false idols which are the elite of that time and they're saying we did the right thing and we got it done the gods are happy the world's not ending blah 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 um i I don't know it's it's incredibly strange and i don't think we have the whole story with that but there's some other gears here that i want to focus on for just a second they seem to be planetary pointers you have the sun um one year for that you know that that would measure one year you have a mercury pointer which is 115.88 days in the synodic period, which is that moon pointer that I mentioned. Uh, Venus pointer, which is 583. Point, uh, what is this? 583.93 days. The Mars pointer, 
779 days. Uh, Jupiter pointer, 398 days. And then the Saturn pointer, which is the last planet that they would could see at that time, from what I understand. Even though they did have other gods' names and whatever. Um, Saturnalia, that old Roman festival, was a representation of that farthest planet, meaning that is a satanic planet. That's the farthest away from the sun, which is the god, right? Uh, for these ancient religions, of course. So just kind of interesting. Uh, that, of course, is 378 days. I say, of course, like this is known. And I don't get that because um, the 378 days lines up closer to our earthly orbit versus Saturn's. I think Saturn's is like 29, 27 or 29 years. So I don't fully understand why they're focusing on the planets. It may just be to kind of know where they're at. Um, again, these these all seem very, very significant to these ancient cultures. And I don't fully understand it, to, to be honest. But um, just the fact that there is something like this back in this time, I think should just be completely uh, just, I don't know, it's mind-blowing to me. Now, there's some things written on a couple of these wheels. And if you look at diagrams of it, let's see if I can pull one up here to reference. So there's obviously two sides, two big sides, and a top and a bottom. Um, you have star events on one side, month names, eclipse characteristics, and then eclipse glyphs on the other. So one side has star events, the other side has those other three, month names, eclipse characteristics, and eclipse glyphs. Now the top, the front cover, has planet cycles, and it doesn't look like anything that I recognize. It looks like a continent of some sort. Maybe it's Rome. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's Greece. I have no idea what this is exactly. Uh, but you have it divided up into Saturn, Jupiter, Mars, Venus, Mercury. And then something that's very, very difficult to read, YZ8 or something. I don't know uh, for the other section. And then another one where it's just all Greek letters. Can't make that out for you. But what I can read is that on one side, um, with the star events, it seems, pull this back up here, with the star events, you have Capricorn begins to rise, written out, you have winter solstice under that, the next two lines say something that they couldn't translate, and then evening on both those those following lines, the fifth line says Aquarius begins to rise, and then another two lines, untranslatable, Evening, untranslatable evening. And then Pisces begins to rise for your last one. And then there's some other ones. Gemini begins to rise. Um, Altair rises in the evening. And then something that I can't even fucking pronounce. What is this? Arcturus sets in the morning. So that's one side. Tracking the Zodiac, right? Tracking your months. You have all these different um, Greek month names. It's kind of cool. On the Wikipedia page even, they show... All the Greek months. My March one here is Lenatropios. I like that. Uh, I'm going to start using that instead of March. But let's see. Let's go back to this other side here. Um, other side, you got Libra begins to rise. Autumnal equinox. Um, the next two lines say unintelligible things, then rise in the evening. Following one says unintelligible things, and then rise. And then you have, uh, after that, Scorpio begins to rise. Looks like three blank lines, and then Sagittarius begins to rise, and then two blank lines to end it off. All pretty interesting. A lot of things with equinoxes, a lot of holiday, um, or, or I should say seasonal references, 
Orion precedes the morning. Um, Leo begins to rise. This was a, a complex calendar and a very accurate one. It seems like this is what they based all their other calendars off of. I'm just curious, like, what exactly could it possibly be if that's all that we're hearing about? It seems to be that there's a lot more to the story for sure, especially since we're not really taught about this. Again, if you look up when the first computer was created, it should say this. It shouldn't say 1938, right? Um, and this brings up the, the cyclical stuff again. And I, this is where I want to get into the Kardashev scale, and then we'll wrap up. We'll get into this new uh, this new Monday Night Master Debaters here. Again, new here, a week old over at the Great Deception. If if history is cyclical, and if you know society has gone up and down with technology and and uh, you know efficiency and whatever, this is where this Kardashev scale comes in. And I'll, I'll just kind of read about this. It's actually a, a really really short. Uh, introduction to it and then I'll, I'll go through these levels there are three types of societies according to this and you'll understand why I'm bringing this up here um, it's a Russian idea which again I hate to beat a dead horse but I mean this is cosmism, cosmism stuff um, not communism stuff but cosmism stuff where it's very his, it's very future focused. It's uh, I mean, if you look at other things related to this, accelerated uh, accelerating change, a cashless society. Uh, what else here? Kardashev scale, obviously. Uh, singularity is listed as something similar. Speculative evolution. I mean, what else? Future workshops, horizon scanning, scenario planning, simulations threat casting trend analysis i mean this is this is future you know predicting the future to to an extent um again with the kardashev scale what this is it's a method of measuring a civilization's level of technological advancement based on the amount of energy it is able to use the measure was proposed by soviet astronomer nikolai kardashev in 1964 this this computer obviously predating this idea of the Kardashev scale like crazy. But if this Nikolai Kardashev is a cosmist, as I am alleging, uh, zero proof at this point. But, you know, when you kind of know a little bit about the cosmos, you can you can spot one if they're really focused on the future and, and resetting cycles and what whatever um, you can kind of sniff these people out. They broke it down to where there are three types of. Of societies, and when when a society gets too far, in their own words, it has to be brought back. So, I, from what I'm assuming and what I'm understanding, and maybe you know, you can reach out to me if you think I'm wrong here. With the three types of civilizations, you can't get past two without some sort of reset. You you won't get to three. You won't. Uh, and and there is discussions of of adding different types, adding type four and five to this, this three-system scale here, um, or three-scale system, I should say. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't add up here. So I'll read the, the first type of, of civilization and the, the following two. Type one uh, in the Kardashev scale is, a, is close to the level presently attained on Earth with energy consumption at some numbers that we don't understand. A type one civilization is usually defined as one that can harness all the energy that reaches its home planet from its parent star uh, for the Earth, this value is around 
2 times 17 or 2 times 10 to the 17th power which is about four orders of magnitude higher than the amount presently attained on earth so this is already higher than what we have here with the energy consumption less than that again numbers that we don't really understand watts as of 2020 the astronomer guillermo a lemaitrand uh, d defined type one as a level near contemporary terrestrial civilization with an energy capability equivalent to the solar insulation on earth between 10 to the 16th power and 10 to the 17th power watts so this is supposedly where we're at we're in a type one society my question here after knowing about that is did the ancient greeks did the ancient romans did these people of with societies and egypt even right babylon did these ancient societies progress past the type one society? And maybe they just didn't go down the same path that we have with social media and all these, you know, documents that are written out on paper and digital files and all this shit. But then again, if they did get to digital files and they were wiped out, there is no proof that any of that stuff exists. Just like if, you know, if we went to a complete digital currency and then there was a permanent blackout lasting 20 years, there's no proof that you had 11,000 Bitcoin or whatever, right? It's just gone. So I would actually begin to think here, after learning a little bit about this supercomputer, I would start to think maybe there was some digital media back in, the, back in these times. They, prove me wrong. I mean, like definitively prove it wrong. There would not be a record of it. And people like, you know, these these scientific shills out there might tell you that there would be proof. There absolutely wouldn't. Just like if you lose money, there was a situation with fucking Bank of, uh, Bank of America recently where this happened, right? People were just losing money left and right with Bank of America. And when I say recently, I'm talking about this year. And we're 23 days into this year. So this shit happened very recently. You're fucked in a digital system if you lose your money. You don't get that back. And it's not just money. That's just kind of what I'm talking about because it's important to everybody memories records history all these things would just be erased if these old societies got to a digital system so back to the kardashev scale here type two a type two civilization is capable of harnessing the energy radiated by its own large star for example by means of the successful completion of a dyson sphere and a mitrioshka brain which i'm going to get into those things um the energy consumption at numbers we don't care about Lemmerkand, that uh, astronomer that I mentioned that says that we are in a type one uh, civilization right now, um, basically says that um, he, he defines civilizations of this type as being capable of using and channeling the entire radiation output of the sun in our case, right? It says of the star, the energy use would be then comparable to the luminosity of the sun, which, interestingly, is 4 times 10 to the 33rd power. Um, pretty interesting, obviously, anytime you see a 33 in this kind of shit. It just kind of makes me think that there's some level of deception here. Now, I mentioned a couple terms in that the Dyson Sphere, and then this, uh, it's difficult to pronounce here, Matryoshka brain. Um, I looked at the Matryoshka brain there first. And it, it cited the Dyson Sphere, so I had to go back and check out what this is. A Dyson Sphere, this sounds terrifying. A Dyson Sphere is a hypothetical megastructure that completely encompasses a star and captures a large percentage of its solar power output. The concept is a thought experiment that attempts to explain how a space-faring civilization would meet its energy requirements once those requirements exceeded 
what can be generated from the home planet's resources alone. Because only a tiny fraction of a star's energy emissions reaches the surface of any orbiting planet, building structures encircling a star would enable a civilization to harvest far more energy. This is prison planet ship, but with a sun. I think it's incredibly interesting. Again, this is the Dyson Sphere. Now, the Dyson Sphere adds in to this Matryoshka brain. And I'm probably butchering that name, but this is what a Matryoshka brain is. It's a hypothetical megastructure of immense computational capacity uh, powered by a Dyson Sphere. So again, that's why I read that off. It was uh, proposed, excuse me, it was proposed in 1997 by Robert J. Bradbury. uh, And it's an example of a Class B stellar engine employing the entire energy output of a star to drive computer systems. So this is the biggest supercomputer you can think of. I think of a world brain when I think of this Matryoshka brain thing. Um, This concept derives its name from the uh, nesting Russian dolls, um, and the concept was deployed by Bradbury in the anthology Year Million, uh, Science at the Far Edge of Knowledge. Hadn't heard of that, but... Pretty interesting to think about the idea of the Russian nesting dolls, right? Uh, Those things always creep me out, too. Um, But, yeah, basically, what you're getting here is you're getting prison planet technology that is harnessing all the energy possible to power, like, massive quantum computers, right? That's why I felt like it tied into the supercomputer discussion, Right. Obviously, a supercomputer back in the ancient times is going to be something that can just accurately count the days and and calculate time and figure out when your Olympics need to be and figure out when the uh, eclipses, whether they be lunar or solar or whatever, they'll be able to figure these things out with exact precision. That is definitely a supercomputer for those ancient times. Now, a type three, which is the final one, and then we'll wrap up here of this, um, you know, Kordashev scale system type three is this final one and they again they debated that there should be a four and five we haven't even gotten close to three according to people that that are familiar with this stuff type three is a civilization in possession of energy at a scale of its own galaxy with energy consumption of 10 to the 44 or i'm sorry four times 10 to the 44th power uh lemmerkand the guy that talked about those other two Define civilizations of this type as having access to power comparable to the luminosity of the entire Milky Way galaxy, about 10 uh, to the 44th power times 4. Um, it's it's insane. Kardashev believed that type 4 civilizations were impossible. So he did not go past 3. However, the new types 0, 4, 5, and 6 have been proposed, as I mentioned. So 0, obviously, would be something back to like the Stone Age, even though... That, that even in the Stone Age, people are able to get power from windmills and things like that. So you're able to get some power uh, no matter what era you're in. Thinking about 4, 5, and 6 is just mind-blowing, though. Like, how do you go past the Milky Way when you're trying to get energy? And this is why I think it's a cosmism idea. It's a cosmist plot, not only because it's created, thought up, by who I allege to be a cosmist, um you know, a, a member of the elite Russian science community. It, it just, it, it, we see this constantly. We see our politicians and our elite pushing for solar uh, panels. I mean, people are getting free solar panels left and right. Electronic cars, 
Elon Musk with his scams is out there talking about mining space gold. This is progressing us from a level one, right? Um, is that the proper term, level one? I was just looking at it. I have to look at shit in order to uh, to remember it for the Kardashev scale, right? The type one, excuse me, type one, trying to get to type two, that's when we start getting into reset territory there. That's what's interesting. That's why I'm like, you know, going down this little quick rabbit hole, um, obviously a looser episode here, but just going down this kind of rabbit hole with this kind of stuff, figuring out why was the supercomputer around back then and then nothing nothing like it comes around for, I mean, what are we talking about? Thousands of years, really, right? I mean, if we're talking about 80 BC to the 14th century, I mean, this is... That's it's not quite two thousand years, but it's a fucking long time ago, right? Um, just a little under two thousand years. What fourteen, fifteen thousand years, hundred years? Uh, I'm tired. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But yeah, it's just incredibly interesting. I think that there's a lot to this stuff. I think that it it feeds the theory of a societal resetting, and I think that this has happened many times, right? So, with that being said, guys, again, obviously a loose episode. This stuff is way over my head. I'm not uh, educated when it comes to supercomputers or computers at all, really. I struggle with my little basic uh, laptop here. But looking into, like, you know, how how resets in society can be kind of influenced by the technology that we have, it does make sense. And um, when you get the the pushing of this technology and the singularity and all this stuff, I think that that is kind of when these these uh, cycles get stopped and these different types of society, uh, like two and three, for instance, I don't think that we'll ever see these as a human race because of things like the singularity and resetting and all this stuff. So um, interesting stuff. I thought it was just incredibly deep. Again, not my my, you know, specialty, obviously, but just something incredibly, incredibly strange. And then the fact that there was this computer back in the day is is nuts. Again, the Antikythera mechanism. Ancient supercomputer, man. Wild stuff. Never thought that you'd uh, mix those two words together, ancient and supercomputer. But there you go. That's what it is. So thank you guys for listening to that rambling of me talking about shit that I really don't know shit about, honestly. But... um I do. I am going to be talking about some stuff that I know more about here in the next couple of days. So I appreciate you guys. This was a really, really fun episode uh, with Catalyst and Class Personified and, of course, Matt. So enjoy this. Um, he, he Look over there at the Great Deceptions feed for this week's current Monday Night Master Debaters. Check out my new merch store, too. The merch store is awesome. Uh, you can go to my Instagram, Dangerous World Pod. Uh, there on Instagram, and then I have a link tree in my bio. I'll also post it here in the episode description, where um, you can get access to the the merch store. It's easy. The shirts are awesome. Uh, a couple people out there have ordered them, and I haven't had any complaints. I've been wearing mine as much as possible, just to see. Excuse me, just to see how they wash, and uh, zero complaints yet. Soft, comfortable stuff. Beautiful artwork on there. If I don't say so myself. And uh, so, yeah, check it out. Check it out. The link is in the link tree and in the episode description. And then Patreon. You know what to do right there. Um, Also, last thing that I will say, you may notice some ads, automated ads in the episode now. 
it's just kind of the way that a lot of shows need to go. Um, mine included. I do this as my job primarily. Um, so yeah, we got to monetize. I understand if you guys don't have the $3 to throw down on a Patreon. If you don't, don't bitch about ads. Because if you do throw down the $3, there's no ads in those Patreon episodes. So uh, you're not going to hear me guilt tripping you into signing up for the Patreon anymore. Because you listening is enough. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, getting compensated. Everybody's got to eat. Uh, everybody's got to feed their uh, their family. In my case, I got to feed dogs. And um, so, yeah, I appreciate that, guys. And, and hopefully that's not going to, you know, turn any of y'all away. You can skip through the damn ads. It's like two minutes of ads max um, every ad break. So you get one at the beginning, one in the middle, one at the end. Deal with it. If you don't want to pay $3, deal with it. But in the meantime, guys, thank you so much. And until uh, next time, guys, enjoy this episode of Monday Night Master Debaters. Next time I'm talking here, too. Hopefully I won't be sick at all. We can just rifle through episodes quicker. So thank you so much. Enjoy this episode with Matt, Catalyst Jones of the White Rabbit Podcast, and Class Personified. Check them all out. And thanks so much, guys. Here we go. And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. Martin Luther King Day, apparently. I didn't even realize it's a holiday, but it is. It's a big one. It's a national holiday, surprisingly. Ryan tried to claim that Arizona tried to ban it, but I had to renege, and Arizona started this. They were the first No, but we one. did try and ban it. We, there was literally some, some legislation that was passed to try and ban Martin Luther King Day out here in Arizona. But I'm giving you the also the stipulation that Arizona was the first to create it as a state holiday. Okay. I don't I don't disagree there. For the record. Not to jump in and interrupt your introduction, but No, you know. no, no. It, that's what this is master debaters, man, <laughs> back and forth. So I'll tonight, prove it right now. We got a first timer. Mr. CP Cinema. How's it going, brother? Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, guys. I'm a longtime listener and um yeah, you guys are uh, one of the best podcasts out there, in my opinion. So I wanted to come on and uh, chat a little bit. Yeah, we've been going back and forth on Instagram for a while. So a little bit. I, I yeah, you it. posted my video about the um, about the the girls breaking the TV with that with that guy and the yep. message you had. Yep. Yeah, and that's what I do. That's what I love about it. And and then you hit me up the, a couple weeks ago. You're like, hey, can you know? Can I? hop on i'm like hell yeah man i Why love not? when Now's people the time you know what i mean Now's i the love time. when people want to hop on and 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 bring something to it because that's what this is about meeting new people and uh and and getting your voice out there you know and and hey who knows maybe you start something whether it's and that's the thing i i want people to understand it doesn't have to be a fucking podcast right there's a million podcasts there's there's things you can do like make videos, you know. Yeah. There's different avenues that way where you can combine, you know, make like short documentaries. That's why I love uh, Julia over at the Cosmic Peach. Yeah. Right now she's doing like little, she's calling them podumentaries on YouTube, and then she's doing her shows. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, and I think people got to get more creative with it because. Uh, what what we're seeing is a lot of people create podcasts and then they realize after you know a couple months that uh, dude this is too much work or I, yeah a lot of people have their nine to five jobs and then they want to find an outlet for creativity because it's miserable I I've had nine to five jobs you know doing that whole office thing 
And it's fucking crazy, you know? And then when I realized it, when I realized, when I finally woke up about six or seven years ago, and I finally realized like what this place really was, what the system really is, I had to get out fast. You were Ryan. Ryan has escaped for the most part. Nice. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> I could be homeless tomorrow. We'll see. That, that's the risk. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, you feel alive <laughs> instead. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. It makes so much more sense, dude. But, hey, we need more people to wake up to it. And that's why we do this little shit every week. Just yep. to drop little bits. Hopefully one or two people pick up on it. And we can stop the nonsense. Because, yeah. But it's it's both sides. And no one better to talk both sides than Mr. Catalyst Jones. How's it both going, man? Sides. <laughs> I'm doing good. Hey, uh, Ryan, you threw me off there, man, because until you moved your neck back and I could actually see your neck, I thought that like your beard had grown tremendously since you were just on my show. I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> well, no, I it, it definitely grows fast. It grows faster than my hair up here. My hair up here is, is gone. You can see my hairline. I mean, it's it's non-existent. That's so this is why we were maybe wavy, might be doppelgangers. I mean, that's the I've thing. I've never dude. seen you two in the same spot at the same time. Well, yeah, that that's the big secret is my that one episode that him and I did together on the uh, conspiracy uh, food show that I do. It was just me talking on both sides, and I had to like overdub my own voice and stuff. <laughs> but uh, you know, no man. It, I, I mean, yeah, my. My beard is uh it is what it is dude sorry it, it bothers you catalyst it doesn't bother me man it threw me off for a second i was sitting there having a moment to myself <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it, you can get lost in it i'll tell you that so uh anyways yeah uh catalyst jones of the white rabbit podcast um and uh matt like you were just saying man uh there's so many more avenues that you can do other than the podcast i mean i put just as much if not more effort into the content that's just on my instagram as i do into the podcast itself and i mean you can wake people up with memes you can wake people up with your podcast or you could just wake people up by going to work and having conversations and i think all of them are important so and that's why i'm here to help fight and uh hey another thing you use is music dude you do great with music well Thank you. I, that's just something I fuck around with. I don't really show people that, but thank you. That's no, uh, but I'm saying even even the stuff that you put you you put out there on Instagram, you're always mixing in good music into it. You know, that's another piece of it too. You got to add a little flair to it. Cause some of the shit's so boring. Yes, and so dark. Yeah, and people's attention spans are really short too. So you got to catch them right off the bat, or else they're just gonna keep going like this with their finger, you know, and and go right past you. Especially in the TikTok era, man, you got you got about three seconds to catch someone's attention, I think, nowadays. And if not, boom, like you said, swipe, you're on to the next one. Is it worth it to get on TikTok? I don't even have one, man. I, oh, I mean, no, I, I, I found what I do is uh, I find pe like people sharing people's TikTok videos on Instagram and most and they're all like history. I don't get into any of the other shit. And then I'll go find that person on TikTok and and go look at their shit and see if there's anything worth, you know, looking at. But other than that, TikTok's a cesspool, man. It's so fake. Like it's all it's all bots. 
Well, it's I would say enough. over ninety five percent of TikTok accounts are bots. I would yeah. say, like point. I get, I have, I have a, I don't even know how many followers, but I don't do anything on there. Like I've never posted anything. Like I don't, I'm uh, nothing. And it's, I'm always looking at my email, and I get, oh, you have new followers. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't even. Oh, are you a TikToker, Matt? I didn't know you're a TikToker. Do you do the point videos where you're like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> me and Ron from New England, we tandem together. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, what I hear about the I TikTok would love is to that, see that. <laughs> yeah, TikTok pulls you in, they give you followers, they make one video go viral, and that's it. You're yep. hooked on it like a drug. Yeah. Uh. I know I know a bunch of people that are big into TikTok, and I just hate to break it to them. Like, there's nothing there. It's all like it's a scam. It's a my mom facade. loves it. My mom oh. doesn't like anything. My mom is like she goes to work. It, she's the hardest person to Christmas shop for it, literally like we all me my sister and my sister's boyfriend and my dad all got her kitchen stuff because she likes cooking we got her she got so many knives and so many pots and pans for Christmas because she is so difficult to shop for she doesn't like anything other than work her family and apparently now TikTok. she loves TikTok. She's just constantly on it. So that lets you know how addicting it is. At least like if you knew anything about my mom, which obviously no one really does, but dude, she's, she's fully like invested in TikTok all day. That's interesting. Cause I don't yeah. think my mom would know how to even find TikTok. Like right. <laughs> she's on the opposite end. Of like she manages Instagram and that's about it. Like that's the extent yeah. of her. Like she can scroll, but I don't, I, yeah. Trying to get her on TikTok, I don't know. I know well, the that... reason that she knows about it is because of my younger sister, my sister's 18, you know, about yeah. to be 19 here in a couple of days, actually on the 22nd. Um, so yeah, man, it, you know, she's got the, a, a young kid in, in the house there. Uh, um, that's all about TikTok. I mean, but oh, my mom actually likes my it niece more. does Ryan. My niece is Ryan. 11 and that's all I see. Cause she has like a private Instagram that, uh, and, and all it is is these stupid TikTok dances. And I just, I want to choke. Well, what's interesting about, I'm like, oh, <laughs> what, what's crazy about TikTok and with any social media app that has any kind of algorithm at all is not only is the algorithm uh addictive right they 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 put a lot of uh resources and a lot of like r&d into making the algorithm itself addictive meaning it draws you in when you see one video and you swipe that video away to see the next one it's related to that video and also related to your personal likes and they they change this for every person but what's interesting is also the heightened um alpha waves in your brain that are activated when you are tuned into a cell phone, it doesn't matter if you're talking on the phone, uh, if you're texting or whatever, when that phone is on and it's around your head, the alpha waves in your brain are triggered, meaning that you are really um, hypnotizable to, to say, you know, very basically when you have a phone around you, you're more subject to uh, trust what you're seeing. And just get hypnotized, like straight up. And and it, it's interesting because that ties in with like the cosmism stuff that I'm so interested in. And um, just this whole hive mind and the digital world, the metaverse and all that shit. It's all feeding right into that stuff. Dude, check this out, Rye. 
Okay, so this is the heat generated. Yeah. They're 15 minutes of a cell phone due to the radiation. And the phone was on the on the le- on the right picture, I guarantee you, right? Yeah, that's what so- it is. So left left is before, right? And you see, and then right, all that red right around so his ear, kind his of jaw, phone? his temple. What kind of cell phone use is this? Is this looking at it? Uh, like scrolling or is this holding it to your face and no this is like on a call okay having it to your ear right but it has evolved because you don't even need to necessarily be by a cell phone anymore it's by a smart device if you have a roku that you're checking this shit out at and you're watching that the roku is casting this out your alexa your amazon home your google home whatever the shit is that they call these things any smart device a smart refrigerator a smart toilet a smart washer, that shit is all emitting these things that make your your brain turn from that that left image to the right image. And you know and what's it's just evolved. Up. Before I knew about all this stuff too, I used to sleep with my phone underneath my pillow, like right. with my head against it, so that if it would vibrate, it would wake me up, or I wouldn't sleep through my alarm and shit. Now right. I plug the fucker in away from my bed, and I actually have to get up and out of bed to get to it. So. Dude, people ought to buy more of those old school alarm clocks, like the the analog ones with the bells on the sides. You know what I mean? Like those, the the phone is removing like all these different pieces of old technology that were game changers. I mean, like when the alarm clock came out, that that was a game changer for sure. And now the phone's just like removing all these things and it's constantly pumping that harmful frequency to you the whole time that it's in use. Remember so. when GPS first came out for your car and shit, it was like 300 something dollars to get the unit and everything. Right. And, and then I included three came out and they had it included in their phone. You know, yeah. you're just like, what the fuck? And the new phones even tell you when you get in a car accident, like yeah. they'll call on your behalf. So. Have you, have you guys seen those things you can put on your cell phones? <laughs> the, the, the blockers supposedly. Like yeah, 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 yeah. My friend, actually, yeah, my friend makes them actually. She does the a Faraday cages, fight. huh? No, nah, they're little. Cages? The organites you're talking about, right? Yeah, little organite. Yeah, yeah my friend makes it. She does a really mm. good job with it. Yeah, it, it works. Uh, we put that over here at the uh, the Wi-Fi towers, and when I slept in a certain room, I just felt fucked up all, all night. I couldn't sleep, tossing, turning all day. I wasn't really refreshed, so. Uh, I put some organites on there and no problems afterwards. Hmm. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's interesting. This technology stuff is is uh, it's going to be the death of us, man. I think that the Antichrist is artificial intelligence. I think that that's what that actually is. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, I was talking with some of my, my Zoom people or my patron people on Friday, and they were talking about... Um, how Space Odyssey 2001 or 2001 Space Odyssey, that AI, how is like the Bible of AI. Mm. And I haven't seen 2001 Space Odyssey in so long, but I yeah. remember it. And I was, but I was like, man, I it's hard read. to follow too, to be honest. A lot of people say it's a great movie. It's fucking boring. It's hard to follow. It's pretty slow. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's like I remember watching it and being like, and I, I used to be big into like the whole, you know, cinematic side. Like I took right. a couple film classes in college and liked watching like old school movies. So I was used to slow, but that was fucking 
that push the borders, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, the best and... part is the, the first scene where the monkeys fight and then yep. it just trails off into nothing. And it's yeah. like, what the fuck is this? It's like an acid trip basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. So Brian, you said something that I don't think we should skip over there. And it was that you think that, uh, the antichrist is the, is in the form of AI or do yeah. you think it is AI or in the form of AI. And I find that very interesting because I've heard other people and researchers and podcasters talking recently on how Jesus is not going to come in the form that uh, he once did. And so people are saying that he could actually be coming in the form of AI as well. I mean, that's ridiculous because that's just (laughs) propagating the fucking, you know, technocratic, Right. You know, it's but, everything uh, anti-human, you know. But at the same time, what what he's saying, I think, is like Operation Bluebeam type stuff where they're going to make it seem, you know, the CIA has this technology to make it seem like, you know, if you're a Christian. And, and I think that this also ties in with like the uh, the, the the jabs. Right. Um, like this this infusion of technology into your DNA to where um, if you've seen Black Mirror, they can make you, through your eyes, uh, see something different than, like, someone specifically, like, right next to you. They have this technology in airports where when you sign up, exactly, it pings off of your phone, and you can only see it from exactly where your vantage point is, right? And you, they have your information. They have how tall you are. There's people that said 9-11 was augmented reality. Right. That's that's different. Right? For me I mean, to no, no, I'm just I'm not saying that that's true, but I'm saying that's one of the things that people claimed. Sure. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. Just for me, that seems a little far fetched. Yeah, uh, that's just a little way, way too little, though, because that should be like you should say that. And I should be able to be like, dude, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. But that's possible. So it it's shitty. It's, it's somewhat plausible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause don't forget, most of us watched it on a TV screen. All this stuff go down. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Including building seven when they said that building seven fell when it was right behind the bitch that was reporting. Standing on. in the background. Like, yeah. come on. You guys can't even follow the script right. You were early. I, I think that that's intentional, though, man. It's to get us talking about that so yeah. that people can argue. Right. But, yeah. um, I forgot what I was saying right before that, but yeah. Well, you you were talking, you were uh, bringing up Project Bluebeam and stuff like that. And I I definitely appreciate you trying to defend me. And I'm not defending these people that say (laughs) this because I have no idea. But I think what they're saying is they truly believe that he is going to take the form of some sort of AI in order to battle the Antichrist, which will also be AI. Right. Um, what I was getting at there was like the the idea that they use this stuff in airports and and they can make two different people. So like if you're Islamic and and you're standing right next to me who identifies most with Christianity, even though I don't really consider myself full on Christian, um, I could see Jesus like doing something when an Islamic person right next to me is seeing like Allah or whatever the hell they believe in do their, you know, end of times thing. Um, that, that's what I think is going to happen with this technology. You know, I think it'll be like geographically focused. So in the middle East, they'll see a lot more of like the Allah stuff. And then over here in the U S we'll see like Jesus doing whatever it is, like whether it's fighting the antichrist 
So uh, since, you know, since nobody's going to the theater, they're just going to paint the skies now. <laughs> yes, and they're doing that already. You know, oh, there's man, proof they were that heavy that Pepsi, yesterday in the skies. Well, that's that's a whole different, yeah, yeah, whole yeah, different no, they, animal they, with the chem spray, man. That's that's ridiculous. So, what if they use Project Bluebeam in another way, and they don't necessarily bring a creator or somebody, a religious figure, or aliens? What if it's a what if it's a, a nuclear attack that they use through Project Bluebeam and holograms, right. and they blow up like fake cities, right? Because they have California and New York where they're feeding this propaganda on what to do in case of a, a nuclear attack. California had that commercial where it was like it was ridiculously stupid but it was serious and so what if they just like make up a town in the middle of nowhere and nuke it and you know everybody feels the effects of it or something and they just have their crisis actors and oh i knew that I, my fucking brother used to live there and then they show pictures and then fucking but you know and of course they'll have rubble and shit but it's a town that never even existed what do you guys think about that theory oh for sure i could see that happening for sure 100 percent. it's called it's ukraine possibility Fuck yeah, you're right. You We're kind of seeing it right now. They're just not using holograms. They're using, I mean, remember when they first came out with the Ukraine war and like we were seeing people with like wooden guns and shit. And like, yeah. And they were using like video game footage for the ghost of Kiev and all kinds of other. It was just shenanigans, man. It's been shenanigans ever since uh, Joe Biden supposedly swore in. Dude, that's the biggest scam ever ever we're we're now up to after this last 45 billion we're going to give them 113 billion dollars in a year that's more than than russia's than i saw a thing today on uh on jimmy Dore. It's, it's more than any military budget of any nation in the world except for the united states and china and no one bets an eye it just it just happens no. And it's all our money, you know, like that's the thing. It's all our money and there's nothing we can do about it because these parasites just sign it away in their bills. And that's yeah, it's stolen, it for sure. Adios. It just goes straight to the military industrial complex and they have fun with it. So, hey, anybody that has money, go invest in Raytheon and Lockheed and all those guys, because I'm sure their stock's going to be soaring or has soared over the last year. Yeah, just look at whatever Pelosi is investing in and invest in the same shit, right? Because well, she you see, the problem is she won't let you in until after she's made all her money. She's such a greedy one, you know, that like, whereas others, you, you just watch, right? You see military contract in the news, go, go, go drop a couple hundred on Lockheed, you know, or Boeing or one of these big companies because they're all making billions out of this. That 113 is going somewhere and it's not. That's the, the, that's the game they play, though. They scam everybody else. They scam the working people. They make us convinced of this propaganda. So we do what they want. And that's that. They take our money. That's been that's a game how, for how long? That's how NASA gets their $50 billion a day, $50 million a day. You know, like it's just giant. It's smoke and mirrors. <laughs> oh, what is that? Uh, money song. <laughs> That's how they are. They're just sitting there dancing as the money's raining down. Yeah, like Scrooge McDuck in uh, Ducktales. Oh you know, man, just diving in his pool of gold, <laughs> just <laughs> spitting out the coins. Yeah, man, NASA is the biggest scam, and everybody's like, "But why the lie?" Mm. 
because how I can mean, you the- prove space? Again, it's it gets into the whole religious debate, right? Like, I mean, that's the problem with the different churches. It's like they all fight over the same thing. It's like, how do how do you know which one is right? Why is one of them right and, and one of them wrong? But you're all fighting over the same shit. Yes. But wait, <laughs> yeah, religion or flat earth and round earth or sphere earth. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it I think that's even, another we dividing know, we go past the uh, the ice wall. Because I think that I think that like digging into flat earth is a good umbrella for a lot of things that is going to lead you into other things. Like I'm a flat earther, but I also believe that it's hollow. And I also believe that we live in some sort of a a realm that our creator possibly could have simulated. Mm. And do you believe that there could be land beyond a a ice wall if there was absolutely why not, you know? So like, that's the thing. That's why I have a problem with this whole flat earth, round earth, globe earth discussion, because it's could be a, a little mix of everything, you know, fishbowl. Yeah. We won't ever know until we can go outside the earth and see it and look back. How are we going to get there? But you we can't won't get have, outside have another truth ever. Any models, right? Yeah. So if you can't get outside, you can't get to space. Like, that's what I love. I, I was watching something some clip the other day and they're like yeah this vision from space it's like no it's not from space it's from the upper atmosphere it's not from space it's from low earth orbit is what it's from yeah um but we do have something very interesting that happened uh like a month and a half ago and not many people are talking about and you would think that in the flat earth community it would be blowing up and it's not and that's the fact that vladimir putin pulled out of the antarctic peace treaty Oh, shit. Really? So if that happens, then we might not have to go to space to find the truth out. If if more people jump on board with this, then that could be something that's huge. And I'm hoping that he starts spilling the beans about something. So, I mean, what is going on? This has been the longest standing treaty in the history of of this reset that we're in. <laughs> I like, okay, you say not the world, but the reset that we're in. That's good. Yeah, man, that is incredibly interesting. I didn't know about that at all, actually. Did you guys know about that? Uh, well, it's it's I don't know. Politifact says it's not true, but of course, then you, of course they always are going to say that. But then here, I'll share this. This is from, and this <clears throat> is a couple different articles. Well, maybe that's why people aren't talking about it. <laughs> I'm like, damn, dude, this should be huge. Maybe it got uh, this is the other side of it it says uh putin's invasion of ukraine has served to heighten tensions over russia's role in antarctic um and may hamstring diplomatic efforts to bolster conservation in the southern ocean and it's basically saying that it could promote like a free-for-all down there if russia breaks the treaty Mm. um the meeting is being held may 23rd to june 2nd in berlin so We'll find out this summer. Well, oh, this is a this year, or was this last year? Yeah, each year the the parties, uh, which is being held this year in Berlin. Okay. okay. Yep. Huh. Antarctic Treaty uh, consultative meeting. Well, that's a new thing that we need to look into. Is this meeting that goes on every year, apparently? And that's a long. That's a long meeting. That's uh. 28 nations, including the UK. So 29. Yep. No, 28. UK. Yeah, because the, the UK is four nations. 
right? Yeah. You got what? Ireland. Scotland. They have adopted more than 300 recommendations for the management of Antarctica alongside a number of separated international agreements, of which three are still in use. So that's very interesting if he pulls out and what that's going to mean for the future of the NWO and whatever it is they may or may not be hiding. That Well, they're obviously hiding something to be able to have a, that long-lasting of a, a peace treaty with one another. No matter how many wars are going on, that's like the one thing that they're all still cool with. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I think so many of these things are psyops, dude. It's shitty that I'm I can't not a even big like... Antarctic guy. You know, I I used to think it was interesting. Now I'm just like, ah, whatever. Unless it's got the hole to, unless it's got a portal to the Middle Earth, I don't give a shit. But because um, what we're seeing yeah. now, and it's kind of funny, is you're seeing a lot of uh, AI fake images of shit supposedly from Antarctica. <laughs> and and people are passing them off as real, like never before seen. It's like, come on, yep, you to muddy the waters for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I tell people. I'm like, dude, you find anything that is brand new, don't send it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, unless you got it from a book or took it yourself, like, get the fuck out of here. I'm done with these AI images that people are spreading around, like yeah. trying to catch people looking retarded. Well, yeah. you know, they they actually pay people. There's people on the payroll that are out there strictly to muddy the waters yes. I mean, and infiltrate, oh, yeah. and infiltrate your group, you know, like they're just, they're out there definitely. So, I mean, there's podcasters out there that are just sent out here to shit, you know, just stir it up. Yeah. I think yeah. I've dealt with a few of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that we've probably, most of us have talked to some of them, I, I think. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, I don't know, man, that 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 Antarctica stuff is definitely I mean, do you think that it's actually a, a con net or a, obviously a, it sounds like, you know, there's a couple flat earthers here. Is it the ice wall? Like, is it is it an actual area? Do you Did think? you hear about um Admiral Byrd? Back yeah, of course. So yeah, in the yeah. 1950s, he gets this huge expedition, goes over there. He says that there's, there's another sun. There's more land. There's a advanced civilization over there, yada, yada, yada. He comes back, tells everybody he's dead. So yeah. Well, uh, when I had Sean Hibbler on, he confirmed that uh, Alex Jones actually did try to fund a trip to send Eddie Bravo or anybody out to Antarctica to explore past the ice, the supposed ice wall, and he was shut down, and he was willing to fork out millions. So yeah, I don't know, man. They're definitely uh-huh. hiding something, right? I mean. That's what I'm saying. The longest lasting secret and the fact that you can't go other than these little fucking islands or not even islands, just these peninsulas that they fucking have picked out where you can go like supervised visits and shit. Yeah, man. Seeing is believing. We, we got to be able to actually see it with our own eyes to know what's really going on until then. Everything's just speculation. Exactly. So like when people are like, well, what is there? What is passed down? Our car? Let us go down there. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but what I do know is they're lying to us about what it is. Sure. For sure. Yeah. Cause there, there's no other treaty that hasn't been broken in, in, you know, modern history, except this one. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Well, it does make sense. There's got to be something there that, that is really that benefits everybody, right? Benefits all of them, at least. 
Right. And and we can go back like, uh, you know, Hitler had a very huge interest in Antarctica. Why? You know, and what was he researching? He was researching like black cube type shit. And and, you know, we know that he was obsessed with supposed UFO technology. They loved anti-gravity, you know, like with the bell and and all that shit. They they were into the anti-gravity heavy. Did you guys hear about the Iron Republic over there? Which is beyond the ice wall. So supposedly when Admiral Byrd went there, there was this civilization called the Iron Republic, and they were well advanced over 100 years. They had cell phones. According to him, they had cell phones, electric cars. So what if I'm thinking that these people, they find a way, they're like, oh, shit, the shit's out there. They go out there, they meet with these people, take the technology back, re-engineer it somehow and say, this is ours. We invented it. We got it. Well, of course, I feel like even if you don't believe like I don't believe in extraterrestrials as being something that came from outer space, but I definitely believe that we've been able to reverse engineer something that we ourselves as normal people don't have access to. They do. What if those what if what we're finding is just ancient tech that's underground, right? That's been buried that we just have been trying to re-engineer forever they always talk about these underground tunnels and i always wonder about that and i'm like well it makes sense that a lot of this shit would be buried if there was a huge flood or there was you know mud floods or a combination of things volcanic eruptions whatever have you this shit would be you know they would have tried to store it underground to preserve it and if they died off and we find this shit and don't know how to work it i mean that could be what we deem alien tech true yeah that's a great theory i mean basically it's it's a very plausible theory you're just taking the whole ancient civilizations that are still alive and keeping this basically out of the equation right yeah, because I'm just going on the premise that there's nothing new, right? Like we we consider ourselves the most advanced, but I think we're like just above steampunk, you know, when it comes to a lot of things where we, we can make this really high end shit, but it's not as efficient as it, you know, could have been or was intended to be if they did it naturally. Well, it's just more streamlined. It's not as bulky and it's not as like, it's not taking as many resources, but it's yeah. also you know, probably having some harmful effects because there's probably like minerals and shit that you can pull out of the ground to make cell phones work. But maybe every single person, including homeless people in the United States, don't have one in their pocket. Yeah, maybe but it's I like guarantee a, a community there's resource. a way that they could give us cell phones without the cancer, too. Well, that's what I'm saying with yeah. without the streamlining of yeah. everything and making everything so, you know, small and, you know, pocket sized versus like a big unit that that the community has to kind of share everybody loves a big unit right everybody loves a big unit dude Dude, that's what it is speaking of big units this guy okay i i I felt like shit last week so uh i took a sick day and i just laid in bed and was watching netflix and i came across this fucking thing dude i am scared shitless of heights but this there's this netflix thing called the alpinist and it's about this kid this guy who free climbs this shit right like which means like no ropes and stuff like just like yeah when i'm in the mountains life is so incredibly simple 
Who impresses you right now? This kid, Marc-Andre Leclerc. He's been doing all kinds of crazy alpine soloing. What I'm doing is on rock. And then I see Marc-Andre free soloing on ice and snow. First time I heard about Marc, he's living in a snow cave on the parkway or something. He is pushing things that is pretty much unknown. I'm Marc-Andre Leclerc. I'm a climber, generally speaking. He's different than anyone I'd ever met. I love him for that. He belongs in a different era, and it was like wild. I can tell little Mark Andre stories all day, but he doesn't even care if anybody ever knows what he's climbing. It's more just to have casual, fun adventures. I just hope he's careful. Anything can happen. I mean, I know it's dangerous. I'm not like deluding myself that it's not dangerous to go soloing. So why do it? Solo alpinism. Climbing big, technical mountains is more than just a sport. It's only for the very best climbers on their very best days. It's the art of surviving in the most crazy situations. Marc-Andre had some challenges as a kid. Climbing was like a form of freedom to be himself. When you're in the mountains, it's like all of the superficialities of life just sort of evaporate. Holy smokes! Torrey Ager. Through going climbing. Some people consider it the hardest peak in the Americas. There's a razor's edge between genius and madness. That's a sharp, hard edge to ride. Mark dropped off the radar. A climber has gone missing. If death was not a possibility, coming out would be nothing. Not an adventure and not an hour. How was it? Scary? No, not particularly. No, just another day out. <laughs> A really good day out. Do I highly recommend that to anybody mm. that wants to watch a fun documentary? I mean, that it's just amazing. Yeah, that trailer alone is dope. <laughs> That's sick as fuck. Dude, the kid's story, like, and and they make climbing like this the most interesting shit ever. Like, I have zero interest in it. I watched that documentary and I was like, man, I got to watch this again. It was, it was good. Yeah, the other guy there had his own documentary. He was on Rogan too. The other guy that was speaking about him, the other climber. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He he's like the fastest climber or whatever. That dude's insane too. Mm -hmm. Like the, the two of them had like a, not a competition, but that, that the first guy set the record uh, of climbing one of the faces and they're both Canadian Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it was like, say 58 minutes. Well, then this guy, M Mark Andre did it, not trying to beat the record. He just climbed it and he noticed ah, I beat it by a couple minutes. So he took the record. Well, the other guy found out about it and did it as fast as he could and did it in like half the time wow. he came, he came in in like 28, uh, it was either 28 or 38 minutes. He just totally, it wasn't even close. And, and then at that point, he's like, I wanted to do it so that he wouldn't even try to beat it again. <laughs> but, but he wasn't even insane. trying the first time, right? Yeah, he right? wasn't even trying the first time. No, but, but what I noticed in the in that uh, trailer was he's out there and, and it's fucking ice and snow and he wasn't wearing gloves. It was barehanded. And I don't know if you guys have ever like even put on chains like snow chains on your tires, but like, man. I cannot un like trying to hold on for dear life and not being able to feel your fingertips at all. 
like that's important especially being able to tell if like the lo- a, ru- a loose rock or some shit like man I, much respect to that guy he's got yep. balls or just no brain i don't know dude and he did he Probably did both. combo he did combo where he would go from ice to rock so he'd be changing gear you know he'd be going from hiking where he'd have snow boots and poles to ice where he'd have his you know snow shoes with the with the the picks and then he'd go to free climb where he'd have different shoes and bare hands and it was like all in the same climb and it's like holy shit man and and he'd do it all in a day it was all you know basically a day's climb and just the i just think of it from a just from a fitness standpoint dude that dude's hands must be so strong and watching him do it like they even said it it's like there was an art to it like the way he moved up the rock you just saw him like flowing with it and he would go with the cracks and it was like a dance yeah Mm. that's impressive man i love seeing people when they're like in their element and it just makes you realize that the the beautiful things in life and i don't mean to sound corny but it seriously is one of those things that's just fucking a beautiful moment well and what's great about that kid is and i'm not going to spoil it but the the part of his story is like his mom realized listen this kid is not meant for school like he was add off the charts and if anybody that watched it you'll realize it like this kid is not someone that is meant to be inside. So his mom homeschooled him like most of his life. And then for some reason, the law required him to go to public high school and his life went to shit when he went to public high school. Of course it did, dude. What the fuck does it, why does the state have to get involved in anything whatsoever? Yep. I mean, we should be able to just walk off into the forest and live if we wanted to. And that's what he wanted to do basically. And they wouldn't let him. And so he ended up like, eventually, I don't even know. I think he dropped out when he could and then just went to the woods and he was living in anything hallways, living in the woods and tents. Like he didn't want a nine to five and shit like that. Like that was they don't want people thing. free, man. They don't want people free. That's basically no. what it is. They Have you guys it. seen that new documentary on Netflix with the hitchhiking? Uh, well, no, the murderer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Kai, the, whatever his name was. I just oh, Kai the Hitchhiker. Time. Yeah, yeah. Smash! Smash! Yeah, that dude's interesting, man. That whole story is really weird. Very interesting, because I've probably met, like, six people just like him, you know? Like, he just yeah. reminded me of so many different people that I've I've known in my life. The hair, the bandana, everything, the whole look. Yep. Yeah, just, just the California. And the vibe, too. That vibe, that just, like, free will vibe. But deep down, you know there's something fucking dark behind that. That's Well, like, no, he's just... not a bad dude. It doesn't seem like. That that Kai guy. He really doesn't seem like a bad guy. Um, there, There's a guy that I talked with uh, a while back um, where he's writing a book. He's in the middle of writing a book on him. And this this Kai kid was just like a random fucking dude that got caught in a crazy situation. Probably not the most honest guy out there, but not not intentionally trying to like fucking kill people. He just yeah, got doc- caught in this the documentary painted him as a drunk, a murderer, you yeah. know, incoherent. Yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, you, can never trust, you can never really trust what Netflix puts out and calls a documentary, right? I mean, well, yeah, the Obamas and stuff are behind a, a lot of the. Have you content. seen the people that they do between HBO, Disney, and Netflix? 
the people that they have documentaries on is sickening. It's, is it everybody the house? Club or what? It's like Epstein, Maxwell, Pelosi, uh, Obama's, Clinton's. It's just a who's who, you know, of of the best. Of, Dahmer. Yeah. Equal Fucking all the, like, equal you company. know what I mean? Like they're doing a, they're like romanticizing serial killers and shit. I mean, it's crazy. It's why it's do you think wild. every white woman in the in the damn country loves serial killers? You know, so it's, it's, basically, it's just the occult all stars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, did you guys see another Netflix thing that just came out? Was that Pale Blue Eye, which is uh, with Christian Bale? Okay. And it's a, it's like I don't know if it's based on a true, but it's it's based on Edgar Allan Poe. Um, okay. and, and he's, he was in the military at the time. And there was like a, these like ritualistic murders that were happening to these cadets. Like they were, they were getting murdered and, uh, and they were, they were trying to solve. There's like a murder mystery who done it. Yeah. I actually had that on last night, but I was doing some editing. So it was more or less on for background noise. And I couldn't tell you a thing that happened in it, but I, yeah, I it's worth it. That 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 one was interesting too. I I enjoyed that one because uh, I don't know. I'm into the old stuff, but it seemed like again, you watch it and they're just pushing heavy occult overtones. Everything is right now, right? And it was funny too because uh, Julia from Cosmic Peach was telling me I need to go back and watch the uh, movie from the '80s, The Burbs. Yeah. Where- with Tom Hanks and shit. And that's on Netflix right now too. So I went back and watched that and it's like straight fucking cannibalism and occultic shit, like throughout the entire fucking thing. Yep. That's like, uh, do you remember? Oh, what was it called? Oh, dragnet back in the day with Tom Hanks, where he's a cop and they're going after this cult and they're basically pa- the pagans, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And- Dan Aykroyd was in that. Shit, yes. Right? Yes, that's it, dude. Go watch that again. I need to go watch that again, dude. You, I remember my mom watching that when I was a little kid and seeing like the the whole thing. And my mom, dude, the ritual scene has stuck with me. I lived in New Jersey. I moved out of there when I was nine. I still remember when my mom was watching it in there because it's it will I will never forget that scene. It was some dark shit. Yeah, man. Everybody, goat heads and shit doing weird rituals everybody always talks about eyes wide shut as being painted as like the best picture for those rituals but really it's in a lot of fucking movies if you go back and like think about it like i totally forgot about that movie till you just mentioned it but that's the one scene that i remember from that movie is that fucking ritual when they were wearing like they were wearing a goat costume right yep yeah <clears throat> well did you guys are talking about tom cruise and tom hanks um, they both sit on the National Space Society board. I don't know if you've you've heard of that, but I what mean, what is that, right? It's like uh the National Space Society. It's like the you know promoting the whole idea of like space and and it's a cosmist uh group. Like no, you know, I just trans- never heard of the National Space Society, so I didn't know what it entailed. Yeah, well, let's see if we can pull something up on them here. Um. And, and he also helped uh, finance Bill Clinton's, uh, you know, whole situation with the uh, Monica Lewinsky stuff. Like he helped pay for that fake trial, you know. Who's this? Tom Hanks. 
Tom really? Hanks. <clears throat> yeah, National. Well, and he's a Rockefeller too. Right. Um, let's see, National Space Society. Is he the one that supposedly died? Tom Hanks. Yeah. I don't know. There was one that like did died or disappeared. Oh, oh, you're talking about a Rockefeller? Yeah. Oh no, that that guy actually is dead. He um he he died in I want to say uh, Papua New Guinea, and he was out there, and there was all kinds of rumors going around his death, and he actually may have been cannibalized from um people that lived there, uh, tribes that lived on the island. Dude, gotta love this planet, right? Talk about talk about like a full circle. It's like they their family talk does about that fitting shit. death for a parasite <laughs> to get eaten. Man, that's like very ironic. See, this is interesting that this talks about, uh, you know, objects from space are like a huge threat to Earth. Look at that picture, even like it's like, I don't know, man. This is what the National Space Society is, though. It's like, it seems like a total fucking money laundering operation. Sounds like, yeah, it's just a bunch of LARPers defending Earth. Clean energy. That's all, space. that's all this shit is. It's all LARPing. Just buzzwords. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. All and you say climate change, all that bullshit. Like you see him trying to uh thinking about banning gas stoves because they cause brain damage all of a sudden. Get yeah, the right. fuck out of here. Yeah. But then they show every politician's got like a ten thousand dollar fucking gas stove in their house. Gas they want stoves us are all the on the shit. grid. <laughs> you know, that that's what it is. They want us on the on the grid so they can control us and uh well. Do that thing at the social credit score. That's the thing. I heard during the pandemic that it was tough to get a wood stove, that they were making it hard to get a wood stove, and that they were, you know, really pushing to start trying to ban anything that would get you off the grid. Which would cause I'm like, dude, that's ridiculous though. You can't ban wood stoves. I mean, that's the what are you gonna ban fireplaces too? Like people got to get rid of their fireplace. It's just ridiculous. Well, still the same same as banning a gas stove too. So then, what you're gonna have to ban barbecues, right? After that, and then I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. I did see Joe Rogan posted somebody's meme, which was brilliant, of like the task force sitting there, like they had just busted, and they had a fucking gas stove in front of them, like posing. <laughs> and so it gave me the idea, and I went and I made, I took a Scarface picture while he's sitting there with the huge mound of coke, and, and instead I just put a bunch of little fucking single gas burners stacked on top of a desk in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's nuts. What's gonna end up becoming uh, controversial in the in the future? It seems like just like basic everyday things are gonna be like, uh, yeah, you're not allowed to grill, you're not allowed to walk outside at this time or whatever. You know, it, that's just what it seems like the path that we're going down as a country, man. It seems the path that they definitely want to take us down, but I think that there's gonna be some huge event before we get to literally living in 1982 i really think that there's going to be you would think so but people won't even stop paying taxes so i mean that 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 would be that's something that every single american citizen hates doing but they won't even do it because they don't want the government to get mad at them so i mean people are going to just fall in line no matter what the government says they could say that that, uh you know these these uh second amendment people which i'm one of them um, you know, so many uh, Second Amendment people that talk tough about, you know, wanting to have their guns. The government can say you're a criminal if you have a gun in your home right now. You have seven days to give them up. 
99% of Americans will give up those guns. I, I, I firmly believe that a lot of people disagree, but I think that so many people would just, I think, yeah, just by them saying they're illegal, a lot of people would give them up. Most people, too many people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like something major is going to happen before that. And it, and I I'm not I don't mean an uprising maybe by the people. It could be something fucking biblical. That, like we live in some very very crazy times. And I always right. say it on my show like I believe that my soul chose to live in this very particular time in history as the last time on earth for a fucking reason. And I do believe that we're living in the end times and it is my job to be out there and is be be as loud as I can and try to wake up maybe i can't wake up any more sheep but at least fucking rile up the lions and get them fucking going and i think that's my purpose right now and i do really believe that we are at the end of a fucking foot race where good and evil sees the finish line and we're both running at that motherfucker as fast as we can see i tend to disagree i i've been hearing about end times since the 80s so I find it hard to believe everyone has said, you know, it was like evangelicals in the eighties were preaching revelation and end times. And I think, I, I think we've, we are in a time of change. And I think that started in 2012. And I think that goes along the lines of the, you know, the old Mayan calendar that revolves around the, the 26,000 year cycles. And that's what 2012 was. It wasn't the end of times. It was the end of that era. So now we're in this time of the sixth sun, which, you know, different time, different era, different, it's going to, everything's going to change. Right. And that's what I think these end times are. I think it's an end of the old way. Now, what is the new way? Obviously they're showing their hand and they want it to be AI based. They want it to be tech based. They want us to be, you know, cyborgs basically where they can control us and, Turn right. us on and off with a switch. I don't want, want no part of that. No, thank you. No, dude. And I do find if, if that is the case, and we definitely know that that's where they want to go with it, right? And they're even out in the open calling it the Great Reset. I mean, that's what Joe Biden was running off of, right? Is the Great Reset. And <clears throat> if that is the and case, build I, back better. Oh, is that what it was? No, I, remember I, the other one? That was the other one they had, build back better. It's like, well, how are you building back if something hasn't been destroyed? So you're saying you're going to destroy it and then build it back or? True. And we've still we've still been building back if, you know, there is any, which I think there is some credence to the mud floods and everything. I find it very, very interesting that we're just figuring out about a civilization before us and how we just basically inherited all these things and now while we're figuring that out and waking up to it, they want to fucking reset us in the whole thing. Just reset it again. It's, it's a pattern, you know, it's a pattern over that happens. It's cyclical. And depending on who you talk to it, you know, it depend. it has happened many times. Right. I mean, what are the chances? And I've hear I've heard this theory thrown, thrown around quite a bit is like, maybe, like our time period right now, maybe there wasn't anything past the 1800s. Like maybe that's when all these people started waking up and coming out of their caves. And that's why we were having these, like you talk about on your show is these world fairs and everything where they could have been populate repopulating these cities. And that could have been the beginning of this fucking era that we're in. Well, I, I think there's a lot of, 
I mean, <laughs> like maybe there wasn't primitive times. Maybe there was no fucking Christopher Columbus. I'm saying maybe there was no like Rome as in the way that we are told in our history books, as in, as in something that just kept building and building and building. Maybe there was a Rome and then that motherfucker got completely wiped out. And now like not a linear history you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. And we're just coming across these things and be like, it, you know, it could just be like uh, some dumb kid that comes across the fire pit and he makes up this whole story about how like these trolls came and started this fucking fire. That's what Rome could be. Our history could be. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, man. It's interesting to think about that uh, cyclical history stuff. Cause yeah, we were actually just talking about today. The, uh, like the possibility possibility that Egypt is uh, in the Grand Canyon area, yeah. right? Like all that stuff is really weird. And just, uh, you know, these different cities in the United States that are named supposedly after <clears throat> ancient Greek cities like Athens, right? Which is in Georgia and also Greece. And then you have like uh, Paris, you know, uh, California. And then I think there's a Paris over on the east coast but yeah just all these different names and and we say we're, we're told that they're named after these classic locations but those could also potentially be the real locations and the original ones i don't know it's just kind of there's also a theory that the mississippi river is actually the nile river yep right right and and there's also one that the fucking colorado river is that too right so that i mean they're just all kind of interesting well yeah and 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 then you go to um the guy old world florida on youtube the guy does great work he talks about uh florida and that area the panhandle and and you know um the gulf of mexico being the crescent of fertilization and that's actually where the garden of eden was was in florida and well he that's makes... where they say uh atlantis was too yep right yeah and he he makes the claim that you know based on the fact that the only place in the world that you can get gopher wood is Florida. And that's what the Ark was made out of. The Ark was made out of gopher wood. So it wouldn't make hmm. sense for them to take gopher wood from America, bring it over to the Middle East for Noah to build an Ark over there. That's so. the first time I've heard this, that that's the only where, uh, only where right now, naturally, where you can get that. That's That's what he claimed, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. So and, that and, definitely that definitely supports his theory then. Oh, he's got some really good ones. Yeah. Some really good information that ties in stuff. Now, problem what is you, what did you say his name was again? It's Old World Florida. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, he does good work on YouTube, man. I like I like watching his stuff. So um yeah, but there's there's a lot of that old history stuff that you can go down for also, and that's another one that takes you down all sorts of rabbit holes. You start looking at one thing and it leads you down <clears> six <throat> different traps. So, yeah, bro, I was thinking about you the other day. I was in an old, uh, like thrift slash consignment store and I saw a cake pan that was, uh, it was formed as a cabbage patch kid. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, I need to take a picture of this and send it to Matt, but I did. <laughs> he probably doesn't get it. <laughs> But it made me think of you. So, dude, that's funny. That is fucking funny, dude. That was that's that was a trip, man. And then uh, I I started explaining it to some people, and they're like, "Well, I don't get it." 
I'm like, well, I'm kind of trying to let you know that, listen, now one of the things that they have, they are telling you that they are trying to do is be able to grow babies in bags, basically in these little, in these little containers. And they're telling commercial. Did you see it? Yeah. Holy shit. 30,000 in one warehouse at a time, 30,000 babies they can grow or not grow, but incubate, keep alive. And it's like, man, listen, and and it's the same discussion I, I have with the incubator babies from the World Fair and everything. And I still have, I there's a book out there from the 1900s about the effects of uh, the incubators on the babies, like, you know, long term. So I, I got to read that. But you think about it, and for a baby to be growing up in a tube, or a box without their mother, any sort of mother. I mean, even the kids in ICU, you know, you're getting the feel of the mother around you and everything. And and these these kids are like growing up isolated from the start. That cannot be mentally good for them. That's not a good start to life for sure. No, no and they're they're not getting their mom or their dad as much as they are like the respiratory therapist that's coming in and, and poking and prodding them and you know, checking on them and shit. It's not the kind of loving shit that they're supposed to be getting at that age. And that's, but that makes me wonder, are they babies? Are they real human babies? Or are they like, you know, I say, I use the word Nephilim just in the sense to to separate them from human. Are they, are they non-human entities? Like, are they hybrids of some sort? And that's what I'm, I'm wondering. Cause if, okay. So say, it is the end times that you're talking of. I think that would have to involve the sickest of sick shit, because if we are repeating history, what was going on in Babylon the last time that, you know, why did God have to make a flood? You know, it was just they were doing the same thing. It was all sorts of inbreeding and crossbreeding and they were. Yeah, they were manipulating the DNA. Uh, it, it was man laying with man right uh everything that we're seeing today and then the the biggest perversion which is why baphomet is is portrayed as the transgender is transgenderism which is let's be honest one of their biggest fucking pushes right now they're pushing it out there like it is completely normal and the scary fucking thing is is because they're pretending it's normal, it is becoming normal. So now you have these kids coming home from school saying that they're transgender because other kids in their class are saying that they're transgender because it's the cool fucking thing to do. And this is a, this is a fad that is worse than like getting a tattoo because your friends in high school are getting fucking tattoos. I mean, this is worse than the fads of people getting tattoos on their faces. This is fucked up. You become this is, a this is up there. This rest- is up there with giving kids drugs. It's worse. You become a medical patient for the rest of your fucking life. It's not, it's, you are a medical patient for the rest of your life. And I don't understand it because, you know, you could walk in there and you could say that you wish that you didn't have a left arm and you want to get it cut off and they'd call your parents and then you'd be in trouble and they'd be taking you to a psych ward. But you walk in there and tell them you want to cut off your dick and they're telling you that they're going to help you without even letting your parents know about it. It's all about the money, man. Well, tons, yeah, you got that. It's a satanic push. It's a satanic push. It's more than just the money. And they have all the money they need, bro. Like it really well, more about it's more. It's a new economy money. on its own, though. You know what I mean? Like, like it's a brand new economy with the surgeries and with the uh, lifelong hormones. 
and it's then, a brand and, new economy just to keep the uh, medical industrial complex pharma keep going you know just another uh, stream of income for them to uh pass along to their shareholders and what are they doing up in canada or what did they have reported in the news up in canada with with the soldiers that were calling the suicide hotline and, they, and the people were basically just telling them go kill yourself you know right, well, that's a big push. I mean, they're having the they have a commercial running right now for the su assisted suicide, right? And it's the only and if you notice, it's the only commercial that's playing. I don't live in Canada, so I don't know this, but it's the only commercial I've seen recently that is not woke as fuck because all it is showing is white people and telling and their stories of going to kill themselves. So, oh, I gotta sh I gotta see this. Hold on, let me see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, Do they have just, uh, legalized suicide over there now? Yeah, so it's it's legal. It's a it's a medically assisted suicide where you can sign up and choose when you want to go, and then they medically assist you into your death. But what this does is it creates all kinds of other doors, and it's already talked because there was a politician out there that is trying to get it to where if. Uh, so they also want to put under this whole assisted suicide is people that have mental health issues and, and now kids as well. Right. They want to do health, kids too. Yeah. And people with mental health issues and it'll keep getting further and further mm -hmm. from that. But they're also trying to declare people that don't want to get vaccinated as people that have a mental health issue. Yeah. This is the, this is one of the first steps into doing it's what they fucking want. genocide. Yeah. Yeah, that it's just it's genocide without calling it what it is. It's voluntary genocide. They gotta have clever ways, man. They can't just you know come out and say what they want. Some some of them do, but they gotta be clever about it. Because as you see, I mean, they do come out and say it. I mean, Bill Gates. A lot of people. Bill Gates said we can get the we can get the population reduced through vaccines, and then I sent that to so many people, man. They didn't want to believe it. Okay, here we go. The new white supremacy bill from Sheila Jackson Lee. Okay. <laughs> so she, oh, what the fucking pop-ups? Get out of here. Get out of here. Okay. So Sheila Jackson Lee took to the floor of the house and presented H.R. 61, a bill that would make it illegal to criticize non-white people and would criminalize conspiracy to commit white supremacy in a move that is not only blatantly racist, but would violate the First Amendment. Rep. Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced a House bill to criminalize conspiracy to commit white supremacy, which includes any criticism of non-white people that influences uh, uh, such as something published or said online, someone who commits a hate crime. So no wow. opposing opinions, just just boom, you're gone. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, well yeah, I mean, let me say uh, every single white person in the world is overprivileged. Every single one is very rich. Um, there's not one white person out there that isn't a member. Hold on, of the hold elite. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What about the movie? They don't they don't they didn't make a movie. Crazy white people, <laughs> crazy rich white people. Right. They did make a movie. Crazy rich Asians. Right. If I remember right. it correctly. Yeah, um, like man, it's, this it's is fucking... comical. Like other people can flaunt their shit, and but white man is the devil. It's come full circle. It's great. If you're doing in cycles, as you can see. White, yeah, if you're straight, if you're white, if you're Christian, hey, three strikes and you're out, motherfucker. That is the worst 
thing in it the world. It was a good run while it lasted, you know? Uh, yeah, about hundred years. <laughs> a few thousand, potentially. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's very interesting how that's changing. And um, obviously, for those out there that didn't get it, I was joking. Yeah, I see. Dude, I live in an area with so many fucking disenfranchised white people, man. There's very few black people out where I'm at. Um there's there there's some very very unfortunate white people out here dude it, it it's interesting so i think that you know uh the average everyday white person has a lot more in common with the um average everyday black person than they do with like bill gates yeah. uh same thing with the black person if you're a black person out there and you're you're an average person you have a lot more in common with me than you do with jay-z or p diddy or barack obama you know what i mean um, and and people don't realize that they get they get excited when they see a black president, which is Barack Obama, which is I mean, if if you're saying that that's a black president, that's kind of an insult, I think, to your people. That dude is is not representative of that community at all. And no, they he represents and... the corporations. That's who he represented. Yes. Yeah. And he represents everything that you do not Wall want. Street. Right. Exactly. I mean, there was there's video footage of him giving a speech to his elite buddies. And he says, uh, the people as a whole are stupid and cannot make decisions without us. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's unfortunate, man. And um, mm, yeah, it's crazy. I actually learned I was doing a, a music episode and I learned that Tom Morello's dad uh, from Rage Against the Machine was a Kenyan politician, meaning he is good friends with Barack Obama's dad. And this is why they push all of those like liberal agendas, right? Uh, Barack Obama's dad was a Kenyan politician. Um, not saying that he was born in Kenya. I'm not one of those like birther deniers. I'm not saying that those people are crazy, but dude, like there's some weird shit that goes on with these elites at the top and, and they're all fucking friends. So I don't know. I'm just going you know, down. It's on it. so disappointing. You bring up Rage Against the Machine, and I I want to like shed a tear because I thought they were so fucking dope back in the day. And they then, were, they were, they were right. But then we all know that you got to get turkey basted in order to go to their fucking their concerts and shit. And now yeah. that you bring this up, it just makes so much more sense. And it's like they didn't fucking mean any of the shit that were behind their lyrics. They That's what the fucking industry wanted them to be at the time, because that's the movement that they needed out. They were frozen. Well, there. Because didn't they didn't they uh, do a concert like right across the street from a Democratic convention, like in protest? Dude, that's the axis of justice. That system of a down. It's Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's Audio Slave. It's it's Tool. It's uh, it's so many of these these bands that are a part of Axis of Justice, which is a Rockefeller funded Ford Foundation funded group. And it's just it, it, these people are activists. They're not musicians. Nope. They're activists that have They're a music actors. Yeah. And that's but funny. they also have a musical. Uh, they have a basic musical talent. Um, oh, yeah, probably... no, no, no. they are. But there's people that are much more talented than them, but right. they get pushed to the top. Because they have connections. Correct. They have connections That's before why. that. Either their parents are a drug dealer to the Hollywood elite. Like it's in the like case the of doors with Morrison. It's all the same yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Every single one of these dude, like, you know, that was the episode I did today was talking about these guys. And also um, Red Hot or not Red Hot, Rage Against Machine, you know, Tom Morello, 
his mother, Mary Morello, started a um, parents a, uh, parents for rock and rap foundation where it was trying to fight against the censorship that was going on so that little kids couldn't hear on the radio music about gang rap or, uh, you know, like like uh, the shit that NWA was pushed up uh, right. and, and promoted rhyme. to do, right? Crime rhyme and, um, you know, Marilyn Manson talking like, about fucking sacrifices. And and, crew and shit like that. Right. So it's like all this shit that um, the, the American public didn't support right away. But the CIA continued to, you know, because all these fucking rap labels and, and rock labels are CIA funded. It's the right, same people. Wasn't it John Kerry's wife or I want to say John Kerry's wife or maybe it was even Barbara Bush that w- that was fucking really going after N.W.A. and in these. Yeah, groups. It, was, it was Tipper Gore, I think. Yes. Let me. Yeah. Tipper Gore did. Tipper Gore did the, th- the stuff that was very like strict uh, they're the censorship. ones who got the parental advisory label yes put on them that which was Tip- the biggest stupidest it was a marketing tool it wasn't like a punishment right oh, no it was it was it was a the very first badge of honor that there was because i remember like back in the day when they first started putting those on and you know you'd see it on like a dr dre or a snoop dog a cd or a cassette tape and and it would make me want it even more yeah but you could also and buy made the clean it version cool. too right and they made it look cool too. They That's why I garbage. have it on my white. I even took that logo on my white rabbit logo, and it, it. I took that parental advisory. It says "liberal advisory, truthful content." Dude, so this is one thing. I'll share this with you guys. This is one thing that kind of describes this whole uh, thing I was kind of getting at, where all of these, and we were just talking about it. I know we kind of got a little sidetracked, but we were talking about like the uh, the system and all of it working together. Rahm Emanuel, you guys know about this guy, right? Like uh, Barack Obama's mentor, uh, you know, a dude that is involved in Chicago politics, right? The 55th mayor of Chicago, currently um, the ambassador to Japan, right? Rahm Emanuel, big fan. But his brother, uh, one of his brothers, owns Endeavor, which is the own the parent company to the UFC. So you've got politics. And then you've got pop culture and then you've got another brother. So you've got Ari Emanuel, who was the owner of the UFC, basically, essentially. And then Ezekiel Emanuel, who's another one. And guess what he's a part of? The fucking medical elite right here with the COVID-19 advisory board. So you've got (laughs) government, you've got medical You've got pop culture all in one family. This is how all this shit works, dude. Well, crazy enough is you've got two opposing sides also because during the pandemic, the UFC was the one sports organization that said, fuck you, right? Yeah. And so you've got the proprietor of the UFC and then the proprietor of COVID-19 right here basically playing both sides with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and they're all uh, they're all family. So yeah, it's interesting. There was a weird situation that went on, and th- that's what got me looking into this: is the the Emanuel brothers, the Emanuel Amherst family. College is all... right up the road from me. Why did yeah, I dude. think that Dana White owned the UFC? Well, Dana White bought it out a while ago and then sold it to Endeavor, essentially. And Endeavor owns like you know the UFC and all kinds of stuff. It's a publicly traded company, and that's what Ari Emanuel owns. Rahm Emanuel is Barack Obama's mentor. And then this Ezekiel Emanuel is, uh, uh, you know, part of the medical elite. So it's just interesting, dude. It's like 
That's how you get somebody's not in there that owns part of like CNN or something. Well, that I mean, dude, fucking the uh, the, puzzle piece they're missing. No, because the medical elite funds CNN like that. That's who like Pfizer sponsors. And And Rom is always on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting, man. You you see this uh, over and over again. And this is why you have like top musical acts out there endorsing everything that the government at the time is also endorsing. It's because these are all relatives that own these fucking companies that dictate what these people say. So well, it's incredibly what guys, interesting. What do you guys think about Fox recently coming out, uh, reporting adverse effects that the CD is saying, whoops, we fucked up. Nothing burger, <laughs> nothing burger. They're just playing their side. That's all they're doing. I mean, it's interesting that they're putting it out in the mainstream right now. Um, I, I find that interesting. Um, I'm not surprised that it's Fox because they have to play that other side of, you know, the that coin to keep everybody interested. But I do think it's interesting that they are starting to report it. Either that means that the ship is sinking and people are going to start fucking bailing and trying to save themselves and pointing the finger at other people. We might start seeing a lot of that or it's just part of their big psyop. Yeah, man. I mean, it's become too obvious right now. The news, they have to cover it so they can contain some level of credibility. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I I think it's too late. Yeah, way too late. Yeah, you had you had news. um, But I see what you're I see where you're coming from. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to maintain like, look, we're just a little bit to save a little bit to save face. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then you got Elon out here fucking trying to be like the the troll of all trolls and promoting free speech. And everybody thinks that he's this great guy and everything. But yet it says from hell is his location and he's still wearing his Lucifer fucking outfit. <laughs> and every other day he's posting stuff about SpaceX, about all this cool shit that they're doing. And if you're me, you think space is fake and gay. So it's just like, dude, this guy is just an actor. Exactly. All oh. these people are just fucking actors. And then I'm saying anyone, back- anyone that you see on television is an actor. I know, but I'm they're playing back- a role. I mean, that's, yeah, and that's what we have to realize. It's it's political theater, right? And if it's not political theater, it's Hollywood. If it's not Hollywood, it's entertainment, yeah. right? And they're all paid by these handful of corporations. They right? literally have IMDb credits, all of them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a who's who. I mean, and that's that's what we were up against in 2020, right? I mean, and that's why doing what we did was so important to hold the line at least and push back a little it went bit. too far for sure that shit yeah. was crazy wow when they when they started going after kids that's that's when i drew to, you know like i mean you're not going after a kid when it has nothing to do with them like it has no impact on them you tortured them enough by taking them out of school by making them wear masks by doing all this shit when they if you wanted them to go to public school there was enough fuckery going on. The last thing you need to do is is ruin their lives by forcing or mandating some bullshit medical procedure. Nobody you know, knows it was gene therapy. It, Nobody has an idea, a clue what's in it. No, or what it would do. There was no test. They've even said they didn't test it. So it's like, no. And, and so you had to draw a line against it because they have 
and and look at it. That's why I, like I'm with you, Catalyst, that this this system is done. Whatever it, you know, it's in its last days because you're seeing it. Hollywood's falling apart. You know, movies are falling apart. There's no creativity anymore, and they've you know they're ju- it's just a dark hole out there, and they've they're serving their purpose to just push this agenda. And I think that's it. I think this is. You know, they're seeing the end of it that, listen, we don't need these people. There's great independent musicians out there. You know, there's great independent guys that are producing documentaries and things like that on on their own. And that's the way we got to go. You don't need the big corporate, you know, marketing and all the money and all the glitz and glamour behind you to get it going. Because what that is, is slavery, really, because you only see a small piece of your work. Whereas if you do it independently... Now you get the lion's share. Yeah, everything is peer-to-peer now. You know, YouTube, you know, exchanging easily. You can create fans. You can, you know, it's this big ecosystem that we all have to be involved in if we want to do anything with it, you know, let other people see our work and see, you know, what's going on with it. Yeah, I love it. It is our way of kind of uh, fighting because in a sense, we're killing the mainstream just by doing what we do. And it's fucking awesome. You know, I'd much rather watch a documentary from somebody that I've had on my show who I've, you know, become friends with and talk to and I trust them. And I know that they're doing it for the right intentions, not because it's going to be on Netflix and they have so many people paying for it so that the the ending has a certain narrative. Right. I mean, a true a true um, journalist and somebody that looks into these things to make a documentary should go into it without wanting to persuade somebody one way or another they should be going into it trying to figure out the truth for themselves and I, and that's why i feel like people are doing so well in this community is because people are sick of bullshit that's being pushed on them and they want to find their own truth and no matter what it is you're interested there's somebody out there right now that's interested in it too and is researching and putting out content about it nope yeah, and that's why I think I agree with anybody that says everybody should be putting out content right now. You know, not I mean not er- literally everybody, but if if you're inclined to do it, just do it. You know, like whether it's a, a stupid YouTube video, go do it. Make a YouTube channel, put some videos out there. Who cares? If nobody watches them, so be it. But if you do get people to watch, even one or two people, man, you you might you might change somebody's life. Yeah, yeah, and you might last on there for more than two weeks. So yeah, <laughs> dude, have all you guys? All you got to do is stay consistent, though. Like you, like you, Matt. You know, you're consistent with your show, two shows a week. That's how you gain traction in this uh, this course. Yeah, I mean, and there's other avenues, right? I mean, there's there's the video side. I mean, I've seen people blow up way faster on YouTube. I mean, people take off rather than podcast but then i've seen other podcasters that start a show and they take off and it's like it's it's all hit or miss you know but like i said when i started my show i just wanted to i wanted one person to listen you know (laughs) that was my thing when i started i didn't know if anybody would listen and then you get one little bit of feedback and you're like okay people are listening and then once you are consistent then it's worth it because now you get the regular feedback and you get yeah. those people that that do listen and it, it does make a difference or it is worthwhile, you know, because I don't know about anybody else, but 
I'm not getting rich off this thing. I'm not even, I don't even know if I break even doing a podcast anymore. So it is what it is. You know, I do it for the the fun of it. You know, this is why I do it right here. You know, meeting new people, talking to new people, having conversations that, you know, normally we'd have in a bar. You know, we'd go down and have a drink and yeah. have it down there. But in this fucked up world, going down to a bar wasn't allowed for a couple of years. So we had to we had to adjust and this seems to be the way we adjusted and so be it yep. which is cool because everybody at my town bar was they fucking sucked anyway so now I it got gets to, old man i got to yeah, i'm with you <laughs> and like i've heard the same fucking stories over and over again i don't need to re i relived half of them <laughs> right but have you guys seen this shit um again one of my uh one of my patrons and our friend l ryan um with the uh with the uh, speed bumps podcast she her and her husband were sharing this with me about um paper right and paper being the uh how do i get this bigger come on all right i'm gonna play it anyway i really want to do this interview anymore if you want to find out what i know or tell me what you know then don't interview me. Okay. Just you, you do your own stupid show. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something here and you want to okay. tell me how smart you are. That's very egotistical. I'm, I'm here because I'm stupid. Let's get well, that then straight. Let me explain something then, damn it. Let's do it. I'm trying to explain to you when they tell you to get out of debt, that's stupid because the money is debt. And the only way money gets out of debt is via taxes. So all the people who work for money, red, rich, dad, poor dad, what's lesson number one? Rich people don't work for money. Correct. Money is debt. I use debt as money. And everybody thinks getting in debt is bad. Well, who told you that? I think the stock market is for losers. Why would you put money in the stock market when it's manipulated? Right? So I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I think money's monopoly money anyway. So it's nothing new. So what but, was he getting at there? But, so what the thing is, is, is there is the, what, what these big companies are investing in is paper now because they, the only thing that they need is paper, right? For the, for all their records, for receipts, everything like that. So they're investing in paper right now. And that's like a big thing that people, so people are getting into debt to invest in this paper, but they're, you know, so technically it's a big wash in the end. Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's incredibly like, I mean, it's paradoxical, right? It, it, it's just a, it's a wild thing there. That's interesting. I kind of want to see that again, what he was saying. If you don't mind, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's uh kind of redundant. Yeah, me too. I'm sorry because I wasn't paying attention in the beginning. You mentioned who sent it to you, and I was like, I think I'm going to be on their show on Friday, and I was checking. Well, I yeah, no, I just wanted to see that again. We don't want to do this interview anymore. If you want to He's find mad. out what I know or tell me what you know, then don't interview me. Okay. Just you, you do your own stupid show. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you something here, and you want to okay. tell me how smart you are. That's very egotistical. I'm, I'm here because I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. Let's get well, that straight. Let me explain something then, damn it. Let's do it. I'm trying to explain to you when they tell you to get out of debt, 
that's stupid because the money is debt. And the only way money gets out of debt is via taxes. So all the people who work for money, red, rich, dead, poor debt, what's lesson number one? Rich people don't work for money. Correct. Money is debt. I use debt as money. And everybody thinks getting in debt is bad. Well, who told you that? I think the stock market is for losers. Why would you put money in the stock market when it's manipulated? Mm. It's like he wouldn't invest in Bitcoin either. Yeah. Right. By that, by that standard. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm not sure if I fully understand what he's saying there, to be honest. Yeah. I don't either. Well, yeah, the way I perceived it, he said money isn't real and the best thing to do is uh, use debt as leverage. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because... he went about it in an interesting way. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty fascinating clip, though, to be honest. And he's uh, pissed. Yeah, he's very angry about something. <laughs> I love it. I love that the, he just snaps. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's interesting shit. Always makes you wonder what those dudes are fucking pushing. Yeah. Oh, dude, everybody's pushing something. All right, before we get out of here, I gotta, Rye, we gotta fucking talk about this because this keeps coming up. Hey, man. 8% of Americans say that they think they could beat a lion in a fist fight. If we're talking about a cub lion, I think that most Americans have a 40-60% chance, and the 60% chance goes to the cub lion. Um, if we're talking about a full grown, like killer male like this lion, guy right here, uh, man, you can put Francis and Ganu against one of these things and the lion wins 10 times out of 10, a hundred times out of a hundred. There is no fucking prayer that any American has. I don't care. You can give me the best, hardest fucking American out there. They're not going to be able to take a lion. I'm sorry. Uh, so anyone that says that they can fight a full-grown lion is is just uh either on meth or they're just crazy so uh, sorry i mean what do you got dude l- let's settle this again uh we'll 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 run this question um i'll ask you guys because matt matt knows where i stand on this would you rather fight a bear that weighed the same as you do a bear a grizzly bear that weighs as much as you or five raccoons. What would you rather fight? Oh shit! Probably the bear because there's only one thing I have to worry about. There you go. That's where I'm at with you. Um, what about you, sir? Um, I would have to say five raccoons if I'm wearing steel toe boots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're still split. Cause Matt, you're on the you're on the. the I'm the, raccoons all day. You want to fight the raccoons? Okay. Yeah, I'm taking no chance with a fucking bear mm-hmm. that weighs as much as you. It's not. It's not like Dude, a six hundred two hundred pound bear. Well, okay. since you guys both got hypotheticals, can I get one too? Because this sure. is this is my favorite one. It's Bruce Lee in his prime versus Mike Tyson in his prime. Bruce no Lee, because. Mike Tyson's a fake fighter. So is Bruce Lee, dude. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. yeah, no, I take Mike Tyson all day. All day. Interesting. I think he just knocks him out. It's it, a flick of a wrist. Mike Tyson's knocking out Bruce Lee. What do you think, class? 
Bruce Lee for sure. I mean, no, no, no. Who would win the fight? Mike Tyson all day. Yeah. So I think that it would end in less than a second and Bruce Lee would just like kick his ankle and break his ankle and the fight would be over like that fast. See, we're going, yeah. this is how mixed mar- this is how UFC started. No. This is the old martial arts versus boxing right here. Right. Little Bruce Lee was an like actor. a Gracie <laughs> versus, I don't know, a Shamrock. Like this is like Hoist Gracie versus Ken Shamrock right here. Just this well, Muhammad massive... Ali is considered to be the first ever mixed martial arts fighter, like, you know, in a paid promotion. Muhammad Ali actually had an MMA fight before, like, Hoist Gracie fought or any of that. I did not know that. Who did he fight? I don't know. Let me see who he fought because, yeah, that's an interesting little uh, thing. But I Now, I've what was that... it? Just It was probably like a boxing wrestling combination at that uh, time because you're, you're, we're tra- probably talking, what, like the 60s or 70s? Right. It was Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inoki. Um, Builders of the Worlds, uh, the War of the Worlds was a fight between American professional boxer and Japanese professional wrestler. Held yeah. in Nippon, um, yeah, in 1976. That's what that was I the first MMA fight. Because that would be that would be the only thing that makes sense. Because there wasn't, I mean, even karate, karate wasn't huge back then. Yet that didn't hit till after Bruce Lee, and that was like the 80s. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's interesting stuff, though, dude. It I, is. Has anybody I mean, has anybody transitioned from entertainment wrestling to the UFC? Yeah, Brock Lesnar. It was a disaster. It was a Brock fucking... Lesnar. What? Oh, oh, that worked. I was thinking CM Punk. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how no, much of know. a disaster was that fucking guy? Yeah, it was awful. It dude, was awful. Came, but you know what? Dude? Came into the UFC and just got pummeled by punks and like low end, like guys. Jackson, Michael and Jackson were, beat his ass. Yeah, and they were paying him big money to come over but, and just get his ass kicked. But you know what's funny though, dude, is that CM Punk would beat all three of us up. Or oh, all, without all a doubt, four of us up. Sorry, not dude, three, but all four of us. Wrestler. Up. I mean, I was excluding I'm not, myself I'm not taking in anything that. Away from his athleticism, but. As a fucking UFC fighter, come on, man! Like, oh no, yeah, it's it's a fucking gimmick. To hold your own, he couldn't even hold his own. He was like, what's his name, James Tony? When James Tony fight tried to fight Randy Couture, right? And Couture just crucifixed him and just pummeled him until he tapped him. Yeah, what they do is is a totally different sport. It's just a completely different type of athletic skill. It's uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like acrobatics it, that you fucking it's gymnastics. Yeah, but you get fucking hurt. You Dude, know? they're tough as fuck, though. Yeah, I mean, d- don't kid yourself. Those guys. Oh, they're are- beating their bodies up for sure. I mean, they're not beating the shit out of each other like they're trying to portray. Like, not like the UFC, but they're beating their fucking bodies up for sure. Like, that's why they're all addicted to pain pills. Yeah, and they do it five, six nights a week. Yeah, that's insane. I wonder, like, Ronda Rousey, she went from actual fighting to that shit. I wonder, has anybody interviewed her and asked her what is more uh, draining on the body? Oh, by far. Well, she'll, probably tell you, she'll probably tell you it's WWE, though, because she's currently in that. Yeah, like, yeah. That- I, but he's saying, honestly, like, if you asked her honestly, not, you know, working for WWE right now, it would have to be UFC. I mean... The wrestling matches are are grueling, but nowhere near the pace and the significance of a UFC. I mean, 
unless it's a main event, because some of the wrestling, the big main events in wrestling go 30, 35 minutes. One, it depends too, because sometimes you'll get into a UFC fight and it's over in 30 seconds. Yeah. Or it's over in a round and a half. And then that in that case, it's not by any means tougher than a fucking WWE match. You know what I mean? However, but, how many times, how many fights are you having in a year when you're in the UFC versus two or three? Yeah, and, max. The amount three or four doing. is like max. If you get one a quarter, you're rolling. Yeah. Right, and they're doing at least a show a month, right? If that when they're in the uh, entertainment wrestling. Oh no, much more than that. There's there's One a week. show. There's like I said, they they have a, a live television show every Monday and Friday, and then they usually have a pay per view. Probably they there's probably eight pay per views during the year. Man, I bet the I bet the fake rest not fake wrestling, but the entertainment wrestling. I bet you it's in the long run a lot more taxing on your body. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe not maybe not brain damage wise, but fit but otherwise, yeah, most certainly. Because you're not taking pain I mean, pill wise. Now, some of these guys do take some nasty spills. I mean, some guy broke his neck last year, got he got slammed on his head and broke his neck. Um, so these guys do get fucking hurt. Um, but yeah, I think I think UFC brain damage wise is worse, but I think you know, you know, like broken bones and knees and shit like that i think these wrestlers because they just keep pushing it and there's no like break you know some of them every now and then they'll get a they'll get a real injury break but if they're not like injured injured if they're just banged up they're gonna the show must go on yeah they just keep going and it's a damn shame yeah no wonder they're all addicted to pain pills i would be probably if i well and that's why they're they're on steroids too because their body needs to be able to recover fast you know, I mean, now some of them take it to a fucking extreme when they're ready to pop. But, hey, it is what it is. I mean, speaking of which, go check out now. There's this guy, uh, Braun Strowman. He 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 was around about five years ago, and he's he's a monster. I mean, dude's like 6'8", 6'10", um, but he had like a, a beer belly on him. Now he just came back, and he is yoked. I mean, he's got veins popping out. He's like, just, he looks like the mountain from Game of Thrones. Are you sure he just didn't go to the celebrity cloning center and then they fucking. <laughs> no, no, he will. Dave, he, it's the same dude. It's just, he went from like being fat and chubby to now he's just roided to the gills. All right, gentlemen, this has been a fun one. We got to get the hell out of here. I got to work. That tomorrow. was such a. That was such a good uh, last line there. Yeah. <laughs> it was just roided to the gills. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. <laughs> so, Catalyst, where can we find you, my friends? Um, on Instagram, it is White Rabbit Podcast with uh, an underscore in between white and rabbit and podcast. Uh, you can find me on um, Apple, not Spotify, because they kicked me off and iHeartRadio. Um, I have a bunch of older videos on Rumble, and you can also find me on Rockfin. Good stuff. Thank you, my man. CP, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram, CP underscore cinema. I'm on YouTube, CP dash cinema, and my website, www.cp dash cinema.com. I do movies, films, commercials, documentaries, pretty much everything. Excellent. 
Dude, it's a pleasure meeting you finally. Likewise, likewise. I've been listening since the very beginning, since episode one. We'll yeah, it's nice to meet we'll you, to... What's that? Oh, What's I said, it? yeah, it's nice to meet you. I'm going to go uh, check out your shit now. I listen, to your, your, I listen to you as well, right, Rabbit? Yep. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, we'll have to do this again, my friends. Definitely. Definitely, guys. Right, what do you got going? Nothing, man. Just the same old shit over at uh, Dangerous World world you know just having a fun time and uh get those t-shirts yet yeah dude they're great they're awesome they're they're much better than i thought they would be so oh sweet i'm ordering one then yes yeah they they are definitely good i can get you a promo code too that's usually exclusive to my highest level patreon members but i'll get you one so let me guess take it deep that's exactly it. <laughs> take it take it deep 20 20 percent off uh but no no man i appreciate this this is always such a fun thing every week man uh great to meet you cp um hopefully there's no affiliation with child porn with class the personified class personified <laughs> i knew that no, was gonna I get brought it's up a... i knew it i was waiting <laughs> someone had to do it it's gonna be me but no uh yeah dude i i liked uh the the shit that you said man i i, I hope that you said you just started a podcast no no i'm just i'm just doing uh some rounds right now oh know, okay cool being a guest Good deal. Yeah, man. No, I, uh, I, I mean, there's uh, like Matt said, everyone needs to get their voices out there, dude. And I think, um, you know, the community will embrace you if you end up, uh, you know, starting a show or anything and getting out there and, and doing that stuff. Cause it's important, man. People need to fucking talk about like the, this kind of shit that we talked about tonight and the stuff that you talk about here on your show every week, Matt is, uh, is important stuff. So thanks for letting me be a part of it every week. And, um, White Rabbit, dude, Catalyst, thank you so much for for popping on. Um, and then uh, it was great to meet you too, Class Personified. All, always fun to meet new people. But Likewise, thank you, man. What, absolutely. I like dude. how what you about... avoided the CP there, right? <laughs> no, I brought that. I, I I I asked about it head on. What are we talking? I was about waiting here? for it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, what about you, Matt? Oh, nothing. Same old. I'm doing a little uh, little. Lay, I'm looking at ley lines right now because they're one of those things that are weird as fuck. And I don't know if it's real or if it's fake. So digging into that a little bit. But yeah, nothing nothing different. Same shit with me. I'll be stuck in the 1800s forever. So well, you can find me there. there. There's worse places to be stuck. <laughs> I don't know, man. The more I look at it, it's like, holy shit, this is like hell on earth. <laughs> Crazy stuff. But yeah, yeah you can thanks. find all my stuff on Instagram. You guys know where to find me. Uh, thank you guys. It's been real. Stay hey, strong. Thank you. Question All right, guys. Take it easy. innovation sound like it sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer client or patient it sounds like having the right information right when you need it 
it sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.